I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. You just just hit record, man, and we I, just I go. Did. I did hit record. So, real yeah. quick, welcome to Very Unreasonable Things, the podcast where we give Daniel shit about his notes. <laughs> Anyways, so um, when we just a second ago, Josh was asking Daniel, we're, we're, and today we're covering Dream Warriors. By the way, I'm sorry, um, yeah. we're covering Nightmare on Elm Street hey, Part everybody. Three, Dream Warriors. I'm Billy Bone. With me, as always, is Josh Lindsay. Howdy, howdy. And Daniel Sanders. Oh, hey. All right. So, Dream Warriors. When's the last time you watched it, Daniel? I watched it about a month ago. What about you, <laughs> Uh Today. Today. What about you, Bob? Today. Okay. Like right. Did y'all, you, did y'all watch it in preparation for the other times we were going to record, but things fell no. through? No. no. So, you all, you all would have been unprepared then, but y'all are prepared now? No, 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 no. I, I like to watch it. I like to watch the movies now right before I go live. That's what I used to do. Yeah, that's what I used to try and it, to do. Oh, I know because you would come in like with no. You would come in with no notes, and you'd be like, "Yeah, cause I didn't take any notes." <laughs> that's only on me and your shit. I know. On the on the us three things, I've been taking notes. Cause oh, okay, okay. Going. But oh, on me and you, we just uh, we just you just don't give watch a fuck. it and talk about it. I still take notes. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I did say we. My bad. I'm I take notes. I, I take notes for every episode of mine. Talk about it. Yeah. I take notes. I have. I have tried a couple of times the no notes thing, and uh, it gets a little dicey sometimes. Like for me, you know, like what's going on, what's happening. But I've tried that a couple of times. I mean. But I don't listen back to the podcast, so I don't know if they suck or not. So, I mean, keep it rolling. Keep it moving. He doesn't even listen to our episodes anymore. <clears throat> Who? Josh? Josh. Yeah, he doesn't listen to me and you. Daniel, do you listen to Mind and Bones? <laughs> no. With, well, I haven't listened to any of your guys because I was going to watch the movies, but then I just got so far behind. I don't even listen to ours anymore. God damn. We need those numbers, though. God damn. Me and Bone were looking at the numbers. We got to pump those numbers up. So tell your boys to just... All the numbers are my boys. What the fuck do you I, mean? I, I, that's true. That's true. <laughs> tell like them to... People I work with and Michael. Hey, shout out to everybody. <laughs> well, but look. Hey, guys. Your go son, Genesis. Your, go find your son's a pretty big deal in high school. I'm sure he's got influence. I think that we want to try to keep him a pretty big deal by not having him push this podcast. I don't want to spoil it. Why do you hate the success of this podcast so much, Daniel? No, I loved it for a long time. And (laughs) y'all forced the hate on me. Now I'm just as fucking jaded as you two. Fuck this podcast. (laughs) Fuck everything. I mean, we don't even get paid for this. I'm wearing a shirt. That I don't this have. Podcast. This is like the second time there's been a shirt and I've been left out. Do you know how fucking hard 
it is to get the motivation to go to the fucking post office and mail a whole ass shirt to somebody. That's you a pretty big ass bone. Economy's doing. I'm pretty fucking tired all the time. Come by and see me bowling, and I'll have a present for you. When you come by here. and see. I'm trying not to drive to Mississippi anymore. I'm, I'm just going to Louisiana now. Oh. Okay. Now I do plan. I I got some uh, time off. When's the last time you've been to Mississippi? It's been a minute. I want to know the exact time you went last. Now, well, hold on. I got to I got to respond to a, a question on the Twitch machine here. Oh, yeah, and they're saying um, that you can print labels from home and drop it in a box. <laughs> so you ain't got no fucking excuse. Because. Oh, man. How do we turn the comments part off of Twitch? <laughs> if they're not helping me, I don't want to fucking hear about it. Oh, yeah, we're, we're only. Uh, I'm going to answer this question real quick. We're only. Recording on Twitch. I mean, we're streaming on Twitch, but we record, we post on uh, Spotify, iTunes, all the major things. Now, Daniel, back to you being a lazy piece yes. of shit. Mm-hmm. Print a label. Mail it to me. I'm sorry. You froze up. What'd you say? Oh, I did. <laughs> I said. I said print a label. You didn't freeze up, Bone. It did look like Josh froze up for a second. He was like, oh. yeah, I was just, I was just, uh, I'm just enjoying this. I'm just here for the, for the rod. For the, yeah. When's the last time? Oh no, 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 we already asked that question. I'm sorry. When was the last time you watched Dream Warriors before you watched it for this podcast, Josh? Well, you know, I tend to put like, you know. Mainly Halloween, Friday, and and Nightmare on just in the background. So I mean, I've had it on in the background, but just sat down to watch it. Watch it. Uh, it's been a few years, actually. Which series do you find yourself putting on more often than the others? Halloween. What about you, Daniel? Um, to be honest with you, it's probably Friday the Thirteenth. Because usually, whenever Friday uh, Friday the Thirteenth happens, I, I carry on the tradition that we used to do as kids and like watch a few of the episodes, which I'm sure a lot of fucking Friday the Thirteenth fans do still. You know, where um, they might pop on a either the first one or their favorite one or the one that they yeah. love to shit on the most and get fucked up and laugh at. You know, it's Friday Thirteenth is probably the one that I go back to the most often too. Just because I think there's more entries. Well, there's more entries in the Friday the 13th films where I'm like, let me let me watch that. You know, if that makes sense. Because like with Halloween, you have a, a fast degradation of quality, right? Like you get one, two, three, four. And then like five is just... And six is just, uh, and I don't know about resurrection because I still haven't watched it. I refuse to watch it until it's time to watch it. Well, well, Friday would be like a very close second. I tend to like when I'm just putting on something to either like just 
in the background. I tend to start at four, actually. I don't know. It's just something about Halloween four that's very cozy. I like Halloween four. I do too. I do oh, too. Okay. I always thought you hated it. I mean, look, there's there's problems once you get past three. Yeah, yeah. But I mean I just I just thought you didn't like it. I thought I, no. I thought you didn't like four, five, six. I knew you were a big resurrection resurrection fan. I knew you were like, <laughs> that, 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 I mean that's horse shit. You're Whatever. all about the Buster Rhymes. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I Chicka no, I like four. You know, for somebody who hasn't seen it, you sure do know that. No, it's been popping up on that fucking. Uh, I told you that YouTube channel I was watching, and <clears> I watched a review on it, and it he just like clips that part and plays it over and over. Yeah, well, he could. There's a lot of that movie you could clip to make fun of. In all fairness. Well, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Where the fuck did Daniel go? He just up and bailed. On, is he? He's practicing for getting calls when he finally starts recording on the boat. Yeah, yeah, like, this is the dry run. Yeah, let me pretend like mm-hmm. I got a call. Hayden, call me. <laughs> Give me a ring, even though you're in the next room over. Here he comes. He's back. What I miss? Nothing. Nothing. Dream Warriors or Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. Dream Warriors, nineteen eighty-seven, had a budget of four point six million, made a smooth forty-four point eight million. Directed by Chuck Russell, starring Robert England as Freddy Krueger, Patricia Arquette as Kristen, Heather Langenkamp as Nancy Thompson, and John Saxon. One more time as Donald Thompson. So there we go. We got all the uh, particulars out of the way. Let's start, I guess, with uh, Josh's favorite question. What's your history with the movie? Oh, yeah. It's a good question. Daniel? That is a very good question. You want me to go first? No, nah, Bone can go first. Is, um, what? 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 No, go ahead. Bone, you go first. You go, Bone. You go first, okay. Bone. Let me guess. You, you watched it back in uh, The Gap? Well, you know... I don't know if I care for your tone here, buddy. I wasn't the one that That's volunteered me to go first. That was Josh. Back in the day. No, I was making a joke because you're old. Because the old people say back in the gap instead of back in the day. Like you know what? Like me and Josh you know say. what? Josh is in his 40s. Josh is with me. Josh is old as fuck now. You're all right. Yeah. Still and, young. And you'll be here soon like I enough. Was born yesterday. You'll no, be here 40 s- will be the new like 20 by the time I'm up there. Yeah, I, I, I got you. So... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for three part three for me was um it was one of those movies where I saw it in Fangoria before I actually saw it and you would fucking look in a magazine and you would see all the pictures and you'd be like man that looks cool as fuck dude I need to see this movie and I saw it the first time I saw it I was living in Georgia at the time in a trailer park and I think two of my brothers had been born by that point. Um. Anyways, we saw it at this woman's house. Uh, me and some <laughs> friends, or we saw it at this woman's trailer. It was. I don't know why we're. You know, it was the eighties. You know, and you could go into people's homes, and it wasn't weird. And you didn't get you know sold off into human trafficking or anything like that. 
But anyways, I, I saw it with this woman. I can't I can't remember like who she was while we were there, but me and a couple of friends were over there and she had it playing and we watched it. How old would you say if you had to ballpark it? Uh second grade. So was it like eighty nine? No. Was it? How old are you? Oh, I'm just guessing. I don't know. I don't know. So I was in kindergarten in 85, 86, 87, I guess. Okay, when it came out. Yeah. Hell, she was a fan. She rented that fucker as soon as it was available. Hell yeah, and probably taped it to another tape. Oh, yeah. Always had it. I forgot about that. Got to get the double deck out. Hell yeah. What? Anyways, that was my long, drawn-out story about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 when I first saw it. Any effects on you at the time? Uh, yeah, Well, I mean, it, it made me like into a horror fan. Like, I'd already seen a... Because this is like <clears throat> it, like when I first started watching horror movies. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street is like my gateway to it. Like, it was just looking at magazines before that and reading the books in school. But like I said, like we talked about before with the Universal Monsters and stuff like that. But yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street was that, that, uh, that entry point. And then, like, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 was kind of the one that just blew the doors off. So a lot of fond memories of this movie. Um, it's, you know, I guess, spoiler alert, but I love this movie. Mm. A lot of people do. Yeah. Except for you, Daniel. I know you're going to give it like one and a half stars. Did you look at my paper? I did. Your son posted your notes on the internet. Oh, he leaked my fucking notes? Yeah, on DanielSays.com. We have a website. Does... Does... Your son have much of a internet presence. Who Hayden? Yeah. Or Lucas? Or Hayden's. I was gonna star. say Hayden. What do you mean internet presence? Like, does he, like, does he do a lot of social? Neither one. Of them yeah, because he's right at that age, man. Yeah, I mean, I, they're not like. Uh, I don't think that they're active. Like, uh, I know they don't have like a Facebook. Because Facebook's for old people anyway. Now, Ooh, wait a minute. But, yeah. Hayden well, no, does. That is, that's that's the truth. Yeah, like because he's popped people. up on people I may know. Hayden? Yeah. Has a Facebook? Yeah. Oh, damn. That's crazy. That's what I miss about being an audio podcast. We could edit things out if we needed to. <laughs> I mean, we still have to edit it out when it goes oh, to the main don't feed. Have to do shit. No, 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 no. But Bold ain't going to do shit. Bold ain't going to do shit. You've mistaken me for somebody that edits this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that was. That was I when we first all started. Three of us used to give a shit about this podcast. Well, no, <laughs> and we I got think slowly. We've know, gotten better. Josh though. then Bone than me. They don't really care anymore. A lot of our bad habits that we had before, we don't do as much anymore. We don't have. Well, we still have pauses sometimes. Like me and Josh had a uh, when we talked about. Was it? It wasn't New York Ripper. It was uh, Tenebrae. We had a tough time talking about that movie. Because we, you know, it, it just melted. But we went in knowing we would, we, yeah, it was going to be tough to talk about. In all fairness, have you seen <clears throat> Tenebrae? Me, no, I've not seen that movie. I'm going to require you to watch every movie that we talk about from now on, whether you're on the episode or not. I, I want you to come yeah, back gonna, and give I'm your thoughts. Get right on that. Okay, I'm going to get to work on that immediately. Good, 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 good. <laughs> So, Daniel, what's your history with Dream Warriors? 
I mean, just like we've talked about before, you know, I mean, like I said, it's, it seems like, you know, that Freddy Krueger's always been there for me anyway, you know, because shit, coming up, you know, I had older people around, so they were wanting to watch movies, like the horror movies and shit like that, and obviously I want to watch them with them, and then um, a lot of my friends had older brothers too, so it was kind of like, I was seeing it through them, and then my friends were seeing it through their older siblings, so we all knew about it. Like, like osmosis. Been around. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that's what we've talked about before, about Freddie being a pipe, a pop icon, is that he he's always there for us. And um, So I don't remember the first time I watched it. I was very young. Uh, but I did like it. I did love it. You know, I do remember that part. It was pretty damn good. Oh, I'm sorry. Did uh, y'all think that after 50 of these, I was going to get better at this? Because you both have the look of, here we go with this guy being uninteresting as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! No. It ain't going to change! <laughs> it is funny, though, because it's been a while since us three have done it. Yeah, it has been. Excuse me. And so, like, it's been you and Bone or me and Bone. And it does, it is kind of a different dynamic because, like, with three people, and we all do this remotely. Like, if we were, like, in the same room, it wouldn't be a thing. It wouldn't be. You know, like, this whole podcast exists remotely. So you're sort of waiting on a person to finish because you don't want to interrupt. But if we were together, like the conversation would be more flowing, you know, yeah. and just be natural. So it's, it's, it has been a while. So there is like these awkward pauses, not to be rude or anything, yeah. but because you don't want to interrupt anybody, or, you know. But, um, and there is, there is the pause situation, like you said. I mean, because you have to kind of wait, but also, like me just talking right on top of you just then, it's, I'm sure it took about a second and a half or two seconds for you to even hear me fucking talk. So yeah, so you always have to, to work around. Yeah. But <clears throat> my history, very briefly, I know I, I sort of touched on this, whether it was the uh, primer episode that we did before we started this the project. Pilot, baby. We'll see. Are the pilot? If this is the story I think it is, this is worth it. This is a good story. So take yeah, your this, time with it. Damn. Now, if this isn't the story you think it is, you've just hyped it up. Yeah, I know, right? I only have like six stories, so Daniel's his chances are pretty good. But uh, yeah. like Dime Road M Street, the first one was like just so monumental to uh, my fascination with horror because like my dad was working offshore at that time when it came out to rent. And so he was only home for like two weeks. And at that time, offshore guys didn't, they wouldn't pull in the kind of money that they pull now or just in the past 25 years. So back in those days, and I'm going to guess 1984 still, you had to rent a VCR. Because VCRs were just expensive. So his buddy, Mike, came over and they rented a VCR and they rented two movies. And one of them was The Karate Kid and A Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one, obviously. <clears throat> and my dad, would, you know, my parents were young when they had me. So they were like 
23, you know? And I remember not watching A Nightmare on Elm Street, but like behind my dad's back on the couch while the movie played. And I remember to this day the nightmare I had that night because of Freddy Krueger. So I had this sort of like this obsession with Freddy Krueger. So my dad, when he was home and the, the one of the times that we bonded was he would take me to the movie theater when he was home. And that was like 1986. <clears throat> We'd go see platoon or top gun in the theater and I would just fall asleep, you know, but he wanted to see him. I'd go to sleep. Yeah. Eat, eat popcorn, go to sleep. Yep. That's it. <clears throat> and he wasn't a horror movie guy, but I put my foot down in 1987. Take me to dream warriors. I have, you know, I have to see this, you know, and I'm still like younger than my daughter is now. So he takes me to the little theater that we had in Carthage, Mississippi, one screen, one show. And, and <laughs> I get so scared and I watch this today. I get so scared before the credits end and we've seen this, the credits aren't even scary, but just the thought of Freddie scared me so much the build-up i had to i had i'm like daddy i can't do this we have to go my dad you know and we're poor so he just paid these movie tickets and we leave after three minutes and i remember the lady behind the counter gave me a sugar daddy which if anybody knows what a sugar daddy is let's say i'm five you do not give that to a five-year-old who's growing new teeth sugar daddy is just nothing but caramelized sugar and she, and she gave it to me because we had to leave. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, honey. You know, you have to go. And I remember the first time I watched this movie in its entirety, I was probably 11 with Aaron, one of our friends from back home. And even at this age, this movie fucked with me because I remember like he comes over. We're, he's, he's, he's staying the night with me. He's sleeping on the floor. I'm sleeping on my little twin-size bed. And in the middle of the night, I look up and there's like, I can see directly to where I've got this hat rack. And because I used to wear a lot of baseball hats and plain as plain as fucking day, I see Freddy's fedora on there. Just like the silhouette of it. And I, and I kind of freak out. So this movie's always just resided in my soul as like, this is scary. This, to my DNA, this is scary. This movie, you know, obviously I'm, I'm 33 years old now. I, I don't get yeah. scared of that. <laughs> now you but, can make it five minutes past the, the chalk, uh, the chalk drawn Freddy. Once barely. Killed, that Josh was out at five years old. He was like, fuck this. This is too much. This is my nightmare. When she finished the house, I had to get my girlfriend to come in and watch the rest with me. I'm like, I can't do this. But no, this this movie's always had a special place for me. I mean, this franchise, and Daniel, I know you wasn't available in the episode, but we there was a list of the AV Club's top 25 greatest horror movie villains. And number one is Freddy Krueger. And, yeah. you know, I... Was it top 25? Or top 30. I feel like I might have labeled that video top 40. It might have been top forty. 
Maybe. I, I don't know. But I mean, anyway. Just an idiot. But number one was Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I can yeah. agree with that just because, like, of the different things we've talked about. I mean, because it's not only it's like fear, which he fucking was scary as shit, but the, just the the him being an icon and him being a pop sensation. Motherfucker going on Ricky Lake and different dumb shit like that. You know what I mean? So, like, whenever you have a horror villain going on talk shows and things like that as that villain, like, I mean, they've done something different. Because, I mean, as far as I know, I know that Jason went on, like, Arsenio Hall, right? Yeah. But Michael Myers didn't go on anything, did he? Because they... The only two I could think of would be Jason and Freddy. Well, we'll get into that, but Michael Myers, you know, after 83, he left until 88. Yeah. He came back in 88 when the the genre was on its death throes, you know? But yeah, and like you're saying, this pop culture icon. And to me, and I think we can, both of, all three of us can agree, this movie is what solidifies him yeah. as that pop culture icon. I think yeah. the the 80s were a different time, too. Like you, The things now, like, you're not going to see, just to kind of give, I guess, if you didn't live through the 80s, give you an idea of it, a uh, child murderer now is not going to become a pop culture icon. Yeah, exactly. They're not well, going to go fucking crazy. Like, they were making... Uh, laugh while this child murderer kills teens. But in the 80s, they were making cartoons out of everything. It didn't matter if yeah. it was R-rated or not. RoboCop got a fucking cartoon. Rambo got a cartoon. Oh, yeah. uh, trying to think of... Uh, Dude, RoboCop uh, was blasting people's dicks off and shit, too. Yeah. Remember? And outside like, of... didn't fucking play. Then outside of, like, fucking uh, cartoons and stuff, you had toys, uh, lunchboxes, fucking video games. Just, like, it was a different time back then. Like, it's like, oh, you just chopped that dude's head off? Here's a plushie we made of you. Well, also, this was New Line Cinema's cash cow. I mean, they pushed all their chips in on Freddy immediately once they started seeing like a profit. Yeah. And, and, you know, all three of us, we really like part two, but they had to do a reset with this franchise. On this one, because you could, where part two went, you couldn't continue that. Yeah. You know, part two is such an anomaly and such a like this sort of unicorn of a movie. So this was like a reset. Let's, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one was what, like a million dollars? You know, a million dollar budget? Yeah. Yeah. And hell, this one was only, what'd you say, three? Uh, four, four, four and a half. Yeah. Three, uh, four and a half. Mm-hmm. So still, you know, and like you said, and, you a bunch of money yet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was a lot of money for new line at this time. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, they brought in Chuck Russell, who, who will eventually do the blob the next year. He does the mask, but Chuck Russell brings in his friend, Frank Darabont, who at the time was just an up-and-coming screenwriter. You know, that's that's one thing that Nightmare does have. Like, they've they attracted more talent than Friday the 13th. 
a, a lot. You know, Frank Darabont, the fourth when they bring in Rennie Harland, who goes on to have a somewhat successful career in Hollywood. I mean, Peter Jackson wrote a a, a script for Freddy's Dead. I mean, Friday 13th is not doing that. I uh, mean, yeah. I think you're selling Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman short here. No, I'm talking about the people to to help to to make this a reality. The writers, the directors. Uh, I got you. All right. Um, I guess I'll let you pass on that one. And that being said, before we started recording, I knew that I was going to look up the script to Nightmare Three that Craven had wrote with his writing partner at the time, Bruce Wagner, that Darabont and Chuck Russell came in and sort of had to... New Line Cinema got this script from Wes Craven, and they were like, a lot of good ideas. We cannot film this. And I decided, you can find the script online. Yeah. I, I found it with one easy Google search, and I was able to read it. Like, in one sitting, it's about... You know, they say a page is a minute. It was about 117 minutes. You know, it's close to two-hour movie. And let me tell you, it is... The title, the subtitle, Dream Warriors, like it makes more sense in the Craven script because it they touch on it in the third act in this one. But in that first script, like there are actually like dream warriors. Nancy sort of brings them together. And Nancy isn't this Mensa level psychiatrist at 22 in this script. She's actually searching for her father, Donald um, Thompson, who is searching for Freddie. And she eventually finds him at Weston Hills because he got caught trying to burn down the house that Freddie was born in. And that's where she meets. He's, he's, he's not, it, they changed the name, but um, Craig Watson's character. Oh, the doctor. Uh, yeah. his I, Gordon, Dr. Gordon. I read this earlier too. Like uh, when I was reading on Wikipedia and I was reading about some of the different things that had changed and yeah, he had a different name and Mm -hmm. Kincaid and Joey originally die. And like the powers are kind of on different people. Yeah. Yeah. And the only survivors is Dr. Gordon and Kristen. Yeah. You know, Nancy still does, but so does Kincaid and um, Joey, and it you read it, and this budget's four and a half million. A budget would have been ten million. Like Freddie, Freddie turns into everything that he kills somebody in, and some of the some of the ideas are so fucking wild. Uh, Tamron, um, uh, they race swapped Kincaid and Tamron. Tamron was black. Kincaid was just a white guy and they race swapped it. And Tamron, when they go into the final battle, she, and then, 
And it's kind of all over the place, sort of like a Wes Craven script. And some of the dialogue is, you know, I have a problem with, I think Craven's ideas are great, but he needs somebody to go in there and sort of organize his thoughts because it's kind of all over the place. But Tamron, they go into the house that Freddie was born in and Tamron hears her grandmother in another room and she goes there. And her grandmother's like, hey, sugar baby, come here. Why'd you leave? Why'd you leave? She goes and she lays down. She sits in her grandmother's lap. She's like, oh, I miss you so much, grandmother. And then, like, the grandmother's stomach opens up. And it's like Freddy. But his mouth is her stomach. And he eats her. God. And and the wizard character, he turns into a gargoyle. And Freddy turns into, like, a raven. And flies around the gargoyle. And then the wizard character gets a net and tries to catch the raven. The raven turns into gloop to escape the net and then goes behind a door and then comes up behind the wizard character with a, uh, like a, uh, a, a post digger. I mean, just fucking random shit. It's very violent. Freddy does do quips, but here's the thing, though. And and I'm not trying to, like, you know, take shots at Craven, but I remember Craven having a problem with part two when he entered the world, real world. Mm-hmm. Well, Freddy does that in this one. They crash into Kristen's parents' party and just. Uh, Kruger just kills Kristen's mom. Just and it's this movie is very violent. I would love to see it on screen. I really would. New Line wasn't paying that price though. They wasn't. I mean, it it was so imaginative and so out there. And like I said, like Nancy Thompson's just this chick trying to find her dad, and he's and she's following these clues. And the movie opens up like that, and like it's just. It's wild. I recommend reading it because it just – and then you see like – you see what Darabont and Russell picked up. You know, they're like, oh, that's a good idea. We'll take that. We'll take that. But what they didn't pick up was the actual Dream Warriors aspect of it. Because one thing about these movies – and I know I'm going off on a tangent, man. I just – this movie, it's near and dear to me. But one thing about these movies, and I'm sure we've discussed it, was these – Posters, these theatrical posters are absolutely beautiful, especially the first four. Yeah. And you see this one and it makes no fucking sense, even though I love it. Because I think there's a chick with like a mohawk. Yeah. You know, with a mace. Yes. And it's just all this random shit. Now, even in Craven's script, they didn't have that, but they were more of a uh, cohesive team. You know, like, oh, we're the war. They actually call themselves the Dream Warriors. Yeah. And it's a big group of them at the very end that um, Nancy sort of rallies. Like, let's go get them. And Donald dies. Uh, John Saxon's character. Um, but this and this and in this script, he comes back. And. I just finished reading this. This is sad. 
But I think Nancy realizes that it's Kruger, and she kills him. But because it's a Craven script, Nancy dies for some reason, even though she gets the drop on Freddy because she's like, my powers are going because Freddy's dead. It gets out there. I highly recommend checking out this script because, I mean, it is, it's it's a fascinating read. It really is. Yeah, I could see that, and I could see that being pretty interesting. But, I mean, yeah, if it's a first draft type thing, and he's like, hey, look, y'all want an idea? Here's my idea. Obviously, I'm sure that even for him, you know, that there was probably some things that he would go in there whenever he had time for, unless that was his final draft. Like, this is what the movie I want made. You know, was that the situation? I meant to go back before we recorded and watch Never Sleep Again, the Dream Warriors section. I, from what I remember, and I don't want to be telling tales outside of school, like him and Wagner brought this to New Line because I think they were both mutually kind of interested in working together again after part two, and part two didn't really exceed expectations. And I think he brought it to him, and New Line's like, we'll give you story credit on this. And I'm not 100% sure, but. I mean, it's available online. I'm assuming this is the script he took to New Line. Isn't this this is the movie where Rachel Talley started? Line producer. Yeah, yeah. started getting some influence, and I've shared my thoughts on a previous episode, and I'll share them again on a future episode. But I, for me, like Rachel Talley's involvement in the franchise, just kind of it was kind of the the turning point where it became more cartoony and absurd and not scary. And it just seemed like we were making movies to be, you know, making commercials, so to speak, which not with three, I don't think three did that, but like yeah. when you watch four and five, it's like, Oh, it is. It's so bad. Three kind of straddles that line. Like he's got some yeah, quips in here, and yeah. but there's still like it's the last Nightmare on Elm Street movie to me that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. This is it. And see, my thing is, is like, I think that when we talked about this before, I think what happened is, is like yeah, the quips um, that it did have people loved. People love seeing a silly side of Freddy on top of being fucking haunting everyone's dreams in real life. You know, like everybody's dreaming about Freddy. Everybody's having a nightmare about Freddy Krueger, this, that, and the other. But then you see a funny side of him and a goofy side of him. And then it's like, hey, and then they ran with it and they kept going. And then then it pretty much turned into, okay, how much do we want to spend on it? And how are we going to have Freddy kill people in funny ways now? Yeah. That's where you end up with fucking a Nintendo kid. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, it all just, they took a thing that worked because they sprinkled a little, and they went and they focused on the wrong things, and that's where things will start getting campy and, and ridiculous. Same thing with Jason. Same thing with a lot of them, you know? But the difference is, Jason and Michael don't talk, yeah. so they're not telling the jokes. That's what you I was going to say, and really mean him funny, funny kills, and really more Jason than than Michael. Uh, yeah, movies, you know, because that also started happening. Because before then, 
you know, you weren't really seeing, like, I mean, well, I mean, I guess the, hell, I guess what happened is people enjoyed the silly kills and the little bit of silly shit that is getting a little campy in the Friday the 13th movies, and then they brought a little bit of that into Nightmare. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if whenever the producers and shit are like, hey, the people want to see more of these type things. So let's throw a little bit of that in there. And then, yeah, so night, so Friday the 13th ruined Nightmare on Elm Street. You heard it here, people. Well, the fact that you could hear Freddy, though, like you always had like Leatherface, Jason, Michael. They're these silent killers. But because Freddy can speak, doesn't mean he has to be entertaining in that sense. You know, and and you can see from this movie on is the snowball effect of where this franchise goes. And you'll see what people later on, and I've alluded to this earlier, what people pick up or they leave it be. And a lot of on a lot what they pick up, I think is the wrong direction that this franchise will take. Okay. Freddie can talk. He can say cool one-liners like a action movie. Let's pick that up. You know, we'll talk about it later. Uh, Amanda Kruger. We'll pick that up. It should have been left alone. Cause that's a part in this movie that is not needed in my opinion, you know, and they sort of, Forget about what makes Freddy scary past this movie. Yeah. You know? And he's still scary in this movie. For the most part. Yeah. Can we all agree on one thing? Paper mache is fucking nasty looking. Yeah. It's a messy, it's a messy uh, hobby. Yeah. Because the movie starts off with paper mache. And I didn't like paper mache in school. Did you ever have to make paper mache? I never had to fuck with it. No. What? Josh, don't lie. You're 40 something. I mean, we like couldn't afford paper in Mississippi. I'm like, you were out there in North Carolina. But let me ask you this before we get started talking about this movie. Because every time I say something, Josh is like, let me go back to something else. This yeah, I've got, a, I've, I've got a lot of notes every here. Every fucking episode. Okay, but this is a good one. This is a good one. And I feel like we need to talk about it up top. Let's make it all about you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking, fucking Go ahead. I was just going to ask, which song is better? Dream Warriors or Man Behind the Mask? Because we've covered both those movies uh, now. Well, I got, so this is like my last note. Dream Warriors, best movie specific song. Okay, there's your answer. Daniel? Uh, yeah, I think that I'm going with Dream Warriors. That one pops into my head uh, more sporadically throughout my viewings of these old horror movies, like horror movies whenever I get into shit. You know, I think Dream Warriors pops up more. That'd be my yeah, likewise. Likewise. I think it's Dream Warriors. Man Behind the Mass has gone, has gone up in my esteem, but it's still behind Dream Warriors. I think Man Behind the Mask is... I used to not even care for it as a Friday 13 song or an Alice Cooper song. I kind of dig it now. I was 
so since since you brought it up, you know, me and my uh, my brothers and my uh, well, most of my brothers and my uh, uh, stepfather went to see Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie in concert. Did not play Man Behind the Mask. I was disappointed. I I'd be curious to how much rotation that gets. I've on seen it on I've seen it on YouTube actually be played live. So I know they play it. They just didn't yeah. play it at this show. Yeah. Maybe you need to be in Ohio. Maybe it's a strict no, a New Jersey show. Yeah. Strictly New Jersey. That's it. Or Alabama. Or Texas. Mamba. No, I'm just talking about all the places they filmed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> New Jersey, Alabama. Was it part seven that was in uh, Alabama, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was Georgia. Or is it Alabama? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be the uh, New Blood. Me and Daniel were supposed to take a trip it's one time. Seven. Yeah. I'm okay. Time. We never did. Fucking years ago. Nah, never did. Nope. Never did it. Hell, now the, all the only thing that's there that you can even fucking like see was in the movie is a tree, like one specific tree. Because I guess, and that's if it's still there. That was something I saw um, a few years ago on like a YouTube video of somebody going and visiting it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was the tree that the little stake was stuck in and shit. But shit's wild. Yeah. So. Uh, Josh talked about a little bit what well, he talked about dream warriors, but I have it in my notes also, just like the intro song, they're playing into the fire by Dokken, And I, I, I love the, the song in the intro. Yeah. The fucking song's badass. Yeah. I love it too. Into the fire. Ooh. I don't know the rest yep. of it. Did y'all talk about how, Sorry. How Edgar Allan Poe was not a fan of naps. Yeah, he fucking hated sleeping. He did. (laughs) Sleep. Those little slices of death. How I loathe them. No, we didn't didn't talk about that. We talked about Into the Fire. It's a pretty cool saying, though. It is. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about how badass Into the Fire was. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah. You get that first scene where Into the Fire is playing. She's using the paper mache and she's making the fucking house. And we've talked about this before, but, you know, it's worth bringing up again. How did Nancy's house become the focal point? Oh, I I wrote this. I wrote this long in my notes. And I'm just going to talk about it because I actually, as I sit right here, right now recording this, I have no problem with it. I don't. Why it is, don't care. But I get why they did it as a as a storytelling method because um, you need sort of like a base of operations, quote unquote. Because Jason has the woods, Michael Myers has the suburbs, Leatherface has a farmhouse. Dreams is too broad. It's way too fucking broad. So just make it Nancy's house. Craven was trying to do it in that earlier script with Kruger's house that he was born in. And nobody fucking know. You know, I get why Darabont and Russell would be like, no, because nobody knows that. Nancy Thompson's house is kind of iconic from that first one. It was used in the second one. It's fine with me. It's fine. I get it. I get it as a logical screenwriting tool. 
You need something, a location that the audience can go to. I find it hard to believe that that house is that dilapidated, though. I feel like well, that that market, that house would have uh, sold. It would oh, have stayed yeah, in upkeep. It's only been a fucking year. Wait. It's only been a year between three and two, so that house should but bon, not have been that fucked up. You're talking about the real estate market in dreams? Because this house is only available in dreams. Like that, That's assuming, where people see it. I'm assuming that the, I was assuming that the house in real life is reflective of the house in the dreams now. <laughs> okay, so it's in Detroit now and not fucking yeah. Ohio. Well, kind, of, kind of the same thing. Like, well, no, never mind. That was different movies. Well, it depends on what fucking timeline you're in on Halloween. I was gonna say because, like, the Michael house fell into disrepair after the murders. Two. I don't know. Whatever, yeah, I mean, but you know, Fuck I mean, off. that was, uh, you know, that was well, how long was uh, Michael and uh, Maka shit? Fifteen years, fifteen years, sixteen years, something like that. Fifteen, like right, 15. Josh? God, it was. He attacked Jane. He he attacked Laurie Strode uh, when she was like seventeen. I think school. he. I think it was. It was sixty-three years. to seventy-eight, right? I think it was 15 years because I think he said he spent like it was either seven years trying to reach him, eight years trying to keep him locked up, or eight years trying to reach him, and seven years trying to keep him locked up. I mean, just great doctrine by Loomis there. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. I can't reach him. Like Michael Myers had an ear infection for eight years and couldn't hear Loomis. So Loomis is just like, fuck him. He just needs to stay here. Michael's silence could have been remorse and. And Loomis misinterpreted that and then drove Michael further crazy. That's right. All but that's the board that was pressuring them to fucking be closing some cases. Yeah. Like, All right. Well, look, this one, uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> this one, yeah, he's lost. You know, we just need to try to keep him in, you know, try to keep him locked up because he's, he's just pure evil. Just think if Loomis was the uh, doctor for these kids in this movie. Well, we wouldn't get a 90 minute movie. It'd yeah, be lock, ten minutes. Uh, Loomis would have them go to sleep. And Loomis would be like, "They're all crazy. Lock them up. They got the devil's eyes." No, they're already locked up. Keep them locked up. Quiet room for all of them. So we'll we'll go back to the uh, beginning though. So we after the paper mache and after uh, the dream where she's in uh, Nancy's house. In which she uh, she's carrying the child, right? Because she's yeah. a little girl and she talks to her. And then they're trying to get away. And you kind of have a callback to Nightmare on Elm Street 1 when she's running and she gets mm-hmm. caught up in some goop. Yeah. That goop will always get you. And then, you know, Freddie almost gets her, but she gets away. And then the girl's like, put me down. You're hurting me. And then it's just a little skeleton. Yeah. Just a little skeleton. At- and one of the things that this movie and the original Craven script addresses, which I love, and I think if they ever make a new one, in my mind, like I thought, like if I ever tried to sit down and write a Nightmare on Elm Street script, what you have to emphasize is the suicide aspect 
And the drug addiction. I think now you would have to address it. Like these kids use meth to yeah. stay awake, you know, and suicide is rampant. Craven really emphasized the suicide. Like all these teens are suicidal, but they don't know why they're suicidal. And that script. And when she goes into this room with all these hanging bodies, you know, yeah. I think that was Darabont and Russell kind of like leaning into it. They don't lean hard enough into it. I actually noticed For, that this time when I watched it with uh, the bodies and they were all like, they had nooses around their necks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't catch that. I guess like any other time I watched it, but I caught it this time. And man, this, this house, I mean, you know, this movie has got some great set designs like this. This looks really good. This house. Yeah. We talked about it when we did the first episode, like the, the very first episode of very unreasonable things that we later re-released. It was only available on SoundCloud for a while. But anyways, we talked about the sets in that movie in the Mm -hmm. first three movies and just, that was something I always thought that the Nightmare on Elm Street series did well was they had these good looking sets. These houses looked like real houses that people lived in. Um, yeah. And then when they made like the dilapidated house or a version of Nancy's house, it looks really good. Like it's really good set design. And, you know, the people that did that, you know, hats off to you. Yeah. Great job. Now, the music, because it's all over this movie and it is. Angelo Badalamenti, which is a David Lynch guy. He did Twin Peaks. He's done he's done good work, like what little I know of him. He was not the right guy for this movie. Did did anybody notice the music in this? No, it I was just listening to the rock. I didn't really look into the, listen and take notes of the undertone music. Yeah, next time you watch it, just it's, I don't know, like, some of it feels like a chaotic circus in a way. Daniel says he's never watched this movie again. He's only watched it five times for this episode. <laughs> yeah, anything I've missed, uh, um, you seeing that ever. It's out now, fuck it. That's right. So we got Freddy making these kids, well, Freddy's attacking these kids, though, and he's making it look like suicide attempts, because... Mm-hmm. With Kristen, we didn't, you know, and you talked about suicide, but we didn't talk about what happens with Kristen. Kristen wakes up from her dream, a dream within a dream, which I love that fake out. Talk talks to her mom, you know, and it turns out her mom's got a guest over, and you know she's, you know, he's like, hey, where do you keep the bourbon? And she's like, I'll be right down. And she's like, oh, you don't want to keep him waiting? That's right, I don't. And then Kristen goes to the bathroom. And uh, I, I guess I'll say the sink knobs that she has, I guess, don't really match the rest of the house because this is a fucking nice house. Freddie's not killing poor kids. Like, I did notice yeah. that when I uh, watched this movie again. Like, everybody's got fucking two stories, you know, palatial homes. Kristen's house is really fucking nice. It's really huge. Yeah. And then you got these weird looking like knobs on the sink that, and I know, I know why they're there because they turn into little fingers with claws, yeah. but they really do, do that look, with a circle knob. They, the extravagance of the house doesn't match 
the plainness of the fucking sink knobs. Yeah. And I don't know if that has to do with anything, but I just noticed it. Yeah, you know, sometimes people wait for the bathrooms to be the last thing that they renovate in their house. <laughs> they, that might have, they, they might have been renovating in the next year. Maybe. But yeah, so Freddie, um, his arm, the, the sink knobs turn into like his hands and his arms, and he comes up and he slashes Kristen's wrist. And Kristen's mom walks into, or comes into the bathroom, hears her screaming, and Kristen's holding a razor blade in her hand, and it looks like she cut her own yeah. wrist. Yeah. Which, you know, because we've seen... sleepwalking. We've seen in the past that what Freddie does to you in dreams affects you in real life, but we haven't seen it where something like this, where it looks like Kristen did it to herself. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. And um, it does make more sense than some of the shit we saw before where it's like, how do you think your kid did this to himself? Oh, and there's a death you know, in this movie. It's like didn't that. make any sense. Huh? There's a death in this movie. that's like that too. And we'll, we'll get to it. But yeah, you're right. It's like, if you were killing kids and you wanted to, to look like accidents and this is the way to do it. Yeah. Because it looks like these kids are killing themselves. Exactly. Whereas there's no way that Giant Depp killed himself in part one. Yeah. No, but that will always get a pass because it's so iconic. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying. It's so iconic. I was going to say someone had to turn the blender on that's inside of his bed, apparently. <laughs> Unless it's got the fucking switch right there beside it because that's the only thing that could have done that to him. And, you know, I know we, we said it during the episode, but, you know, there is even a line in the movie, the first one. It's like, oh, yeah, the coroner's puking his guts out. The one guy who should be able to handle this. <laughs> this crime scene is so messy. The coroner is losing his lunch. Freddy's nursery rhyme. Pretty creepy, right? Always. It's 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 one of the the best things Craven did for this character. Yeah. He added a nursery rhyme. And I think even in this movie, they talk about fairy tales. I'm not I just got done reading that script. I'm sorry. And I, and I watched this movie. So, yeah, so it's kind of going back and forth here. Maybe they didn't. Maybe that was in the script. Yeah. But Were you thinking that, like, Hansel and Gretel, you know, fucking popped in for a minute? We'll get there. We'll get there in a couple of years. I'll tell you what else. Um, we talked about... <laughs> Yeah, we talk about the nursery rhyme, you know, and that's kind of synonymous with Freddy. But another thing that's synonymous with Freddy that we can all agree to, right? Boiler room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking whenever y'all talking about the house. It's funny because, like, I get there needing to be a place, and uh, but it's kind of we've talked about this before where it's a little choppy with him because, you know, yeah, they went and they they cornered him in a some factory in town and they fucking burn his ass up. Right, and obviously, apparently, it was some type of boiler room situation that they had going on. But what is more important to Freddie's background? The place where his fucking hat and glove was kept after he was killed, or the place that he was killed at? You see what I'm saying? Like, because that's pretty much where those two things, the connections they have for him. 
like, because who the fuck is Nancy and who the fuck are their par- those parents, aside from assisting in the death of him, but she kept that shit in their house. That might be what brings you back there. I think that both of them just kind of came together, too, because you'll see now, like, when you're in Nancy's house and you go down to the boiler room, I don't think it's supposed to be the boiler room or the basement of that home because they asked the girl the little the little girl that you know ends up turning to be a skeleton she's like you know what is this place and he she's like well this is where he brings them and obviously he wouldn't have been bringing them to the basement of nancy's house so i i think they're because it's in a dream obviously right so you can have location a and location b be together but still be separate yeah, I was just going back on what we were talking about before, about the, the importance, in, not even really talking about the third one, but the first one, the importance yeah. of this boiler room and this house. And now with the third one coming back to the house, the fact that it's Nancy's, I was just meaning that you have these two different things happening. And yes, I wasn't disagreeing with you. would merge both. You know? Well, also, where did, where did Nancy's mom keep the glove and the hat? Yeah, She yeah. kept it in the furnace. You know, so, I mean, there, there's always this, and that's the reason why this Dawkins song gets kind of brilliant into the fire. Because yeah. fire is such a big motif that runs throughout this entire franchise. Wait, hold um, on. Freddie died with fire. <laughs> I was thinking the same goddamn thing, man. <laughs> Jason died to water. There's got to be a hold way on. we can use that. We gotta, uh, yeah. We got to be able to use this somehow. Oh man! So, Kristen, you know, supposedly attempts suicide, and we get introduced to Weston Hills. Okay, I wrote this down in my notes. I'm just going to go ahead because I, I I did a little bit of research. Okay, <clears throat> this is one year after Part Two. And I looked it up, which was five years after the first one. So six years. Yeah. Nancy was 16 in the first one. So Nancy is a 22-year-old psychiatrist. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's impressive. That's all I have to say. That's impressive. And she's specific in dream patterns. She's Impressive. They were were talking about like she was doing – Groundbreaking work. Yeah. 22 years old. Hey. I was still living with my parents. Impressive. More power to her. More power to her, man. That's a lot of college credits to be getting in high school, especially whenever all of your friends are dying. Around. Well, <laughs> I guess you have more time to study. That's what I was yeah. going to say. You don't <laughs> yeah, have any I mean, friends taking point. up your time anymore. You're not doing shit on Friday night. <laughs> no. Like, Absentee dad. Yeah, let me go ahead. Drunk mom. Let me go ahead and work towards this degree. No. Nothing else to do. Yep. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. Well, hell, absentee mom in. Who? The dad, uh, the mom fucking killed herself in the living room, remember? Yep. They, they, she talks about this too. Like later on, they, they introduce Hypnosil, right? Well, they introduce it when she drops it out of her purse. They introduce Hypnosil. But, and I'm getting ahead of myself because I want to ask this question now. It's mentioned that hypnosil is a experimental drug because the doc, because uh, what was that guy's name again? What did you say it was? Uh, Gordon. I Gordon. Think. He's like, you want me to prescribe an experimental drug to these kids? 
So who was given Nancy Hypnosil? If this is an experimental drug that's apparently, you know, not widely used, she's getting it somewhere. Well, if she's a wonderkind, I'm assuming they're just like, yeah, we trust you because you're big galaxy braining over here. Well, that she's was mixing that shit up in her basement. That's another <laughs> point that I have in here too in my notes is Nancy's supposed to be this prodigy. And every time she makes a suggestion, people are like, no, we're not doing that. That's crazy. Well, she's still 22 years old. She still like is one year out from not being able to drink. Hey, yeah, you don't, you don't bring in Tom Brady in and not let him throw passes. No, but at 22 year old Tom Brady handed it off. A little bit more than he did yeah, when he was before. older. Okay, let me rephrase that then, because because uh, he wasn't. That was a bad example. Yes. Okay. Nailed your ass. Got your ass. You didn't. Uh, you didn't draft Peyton Manning to not let him throw passes. Ha! Huh, what about that? Well, I mean, you take the Manning route. I mean, because he was. Yeah, uh, and he threw twenty-eight interceptions his rookie year. She could be dead ass wrong on this. Oh my God. Boom! Got your ass. I hate you so much. <laughs> no, seriously, Daniel, do you want to make Bone uncomfortable? Baseball, so I don't have much time. No, no, this is basketball, brother. Oh, fuck, uh, man. I don't know shit about sports. God. You want to make Bone uncomfortable? That's embarrassing. What? Tell him how much you love him. I love well, you, Bone. Hug, try to hug that him. That doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Oh, the it doesn't? No, the, uh, the medication. What, what about the hugs? Bad. I'm a little better about that, too. Okay. I, I love a good hug from friends. It's nice. It really is. A warm embrace. Hell yeah. We all need it. But I do love, okay, I, and we skipped over it because Josh believe, has got a small bladder. I believe you just wait for me to like move on to something else so you can be like, we skipped over this. No, I was just going to say We're good it was in the credits. It was in the credits and I had to go pee and uh, I love, I love, and I think y'all both do as well. I just want to shout it out. I love yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Like he's one of my favorite like actors. Like, yeah, not like big time actors, but everything he's in, like he's just like a uncle. And he, well, so we didn't skip over it. We just don't talk about the characters as they're introduced in the credits. We just wait until we get to them in the movie. Yeah, and he says, and he meets Dr. Gordon, and he's like, all these kids are trying to kill themselves. And he's like, I think it's all these uh, these parents who took acid in the 60s, yeah, and now their kids heads. are suffering acid heads. And then Dr. Gordon's like, well, that's an interesting theory, Max. I think it's all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll the parents are blaming it on now. I thought you said was just, somebody else's theory. Yeah, it wasn't his. I don't know whose it was. Get I thought right. he was. No, it was. Uh, Get it right. <laughs> fuck you, man. Fuck you. It was uh, Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet. It was. It was probably that one doctor that uh, you know brought Nancy in and then immediately turned against her. Yeah. The actor who gets one scene. Uh, the the, yeah. the the female doctor that's the one. That no, uh, Nurse Pratchett didn't bring her in though. Oh, was she a nurse? No, she wasn't a nurse, but it's... I was about to say, because she's got a lot of fucking power to be a nurse. She wasn't a nurse, but she's the Nurse Ratchet character. 
Because this movie is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and The Breakfast Club, which, you know, I know good on you. The scene where they're going through the air vents trying to hide from Freddy. <laughs> Just going to let that marinate. I'm going to let that sit. I'm just going to. Daniel's miles away. Yeah. Daniel heard breakfast no, I was, uh, and started thinking about food. Uh, I was trying to see if there was any air vents in my house that I could get into to hide from you guys in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's um, I was looking to see what the lady's name was. Is it Dr. Elizabeth Sims? Yeah, I, I don't know. That was it. You could say whatever name you wanted to, and I'd just be like, "Yeah, that's it." Yeah, I was trying to think too. Like, I guess it was Doctor Sims. Yeah. Uh, Bill Maher says Sims in this movie. You want you want to hear my note? I have written down for Lawrence Fishburne. You mean Larry Fishburne? Yeah, that will. Yeah, Larry. Way to jump to the fucking end of the story, Daniel. Yeah, my notes. Yeah, uh, my no, my notes literally read, Weston Hills, Larry Fishburne. <laughs> Kristen admitted, Nancy shows up, and you know, yeah, this no, is one of those. You, no, the doctor's name is Neil. God damn it. Neil Gordon. Gordon is the dog. Oh, well, I don't know his last the name. Dog. In Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. That's the reason why I remembered it. Oh, because of Gordon in Part remember, Four. Do you the, remember Gordon more because he was a better character? The beautiful golden retriever. Yeah. The good dog. Oh yeah. My my notes are so basic on here. No, I do love uh, the character who wanted to be a, you know, like the screenwriters sort of patted themselves on the back when they came up with this. Uh, I forget her name. She wants to be a TV star. She goes up to Dr. Gordon and she's like, when will I get my cigarette privileges back? And he's like, don't hold your breath. You know, they like high fived at that line, (laughs) you know, don't hold your breath. It's so funny. (laughs) It's just that's just a funny thing too, where it's like, when can I get my cigarette privileges back? And it's like, you keep fucking burning your cigarettes. You're not gonna get them at all. Yeah, you make right. jokes oh, about it. Exactly. You make jokes about it. If you want the privileges back, maybe you shouldn't point out the marks on your wrist and be like, that's a menthol, that's a whatever. Ultra light. Yeah. It's a regular. Yeah. It's like you don't even want to see the black and mild. She's gonna be like, she'll start calling out brands next time. Be like, well, that's a cool, and that's a Marlboro, and that's a Newport, yeah. and that's all the brands I know. My dad used to smoke Cools. That's the only reason I know those. Is that? Do they still make those? Yeah. Okay. And Liggetts. They still make Liggetts. Do they? Yeah. Holy it's like a shit! Brand like a Murphy's brand. Wow. Fucking Liggetts. They had the hole at the filter, right? Uh, they did. They don't anymore. I think because I think okay. uh, uh, Nina still smokes Liggetts. The the Vantage was Vantage the was the one that had the hole in it. Is that the okay. filter? The hole in the filter because Dad used to smoke those. I think that I think that when I started smoking and started like 
thieving cigarettes from my dad. I think that he was smoking like uh, Cambridge. Cambridge wasn't that? A yeah, nice yeah. I think that that's what he smoked. Yeah. Wow. These old school cigarette brands, man. I wow. love them. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Do you um? Do you remember? And I don't even know why we're fucking talking about this because I don't smoke, so it doesn't really fucking affect me. But you remember the old cigarette machines where you could just go up and you know for a couple bucks buy a pack in a vending machine, and you had the lever. A couple yeah. fucking quarters. Because back yeah. then it was that cheap. Throw a fucking few quarters in that bitch, 75 cents or something, and you pull the little lever, it pops a fucking pack of cigarettes. We were in a bar in Arlington, Texas, and they had a machine like that. And it God bless them. God bless them. That's America. Do you know how many fucking quarters fucking. you have to put in that fucking thing these days? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> $10 a pack. Got <laughs> there for 45 fucking minutes. Right. Feeding this fucking thing quarters. You got to have like 95 quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. Back when they didn't card you to buy beer and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah they don't card me anymore. I'm no. past that age. They don't me either. I got cigarettes for Courtney the other day, and then the chick didn't card me. And it's like, it's whatever. I don't really give a shit. But it is like, damn. It, it does sting a little bit, whatever. It's like, yeah, I know. you it, see it pop up on the thing. It's like, does this customer look under 40? Because if they look under 40, you're supposed to card them. So whatever, it's like, no, this motherfucker's definitely over 40. I know. I'm 38 and a half, asshole. 38 and a half. Yeah, it's – um, and then it gets to the point when people do ask for your ID, you just feel like they're doing it just to be polite. Oh, yeah, for sure. For and you're sure. just like, God damn you. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking happy medium. There's no – it's just you you don't get carded and you feel bad. You get carded and you feel bad. Yeah. You look in the mirror see, and you I'm, see all the gray in your hair and you feel bad. That's what I was just about to bring up. See me, I'm bald, so I fucking shave my shit off and I don't really have a lot of gray in my like eyebrows and facial hair yet. So I don't have a whole lot of gray going on. So whenever they don't card me now, it's like fuck, man. It's like it's just funny. But I did get away for a long time. Like, he had brought up Aaron before. Shit, dude, Aaron started graying at, like, 23. Like, that dude was fucking stressed ever since the day I met him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was talking about his 401k at 15 years old and shit. <laughs> so what am I going to do about retirement? Oh, man. Shit, excuse me. Uh, let me Let me read another note. That way I can move us along. Neil sees none. Amanda Kruger. Yeah, and I think this is... I mentioned it prior, but I th- this backstory is unneeded completely. Like, Freddy can just be this entity, this demon. Yeah. Did his crimes got punished for it, and then came back. Like, you don't need this bastard son of a thousand maniac storyline. It's like, you you could introduce the nun character and give no backstory about his mother and just say, he's a demon. Yeah, You need to put him underground 
you know, he needs to be buried in consecrated ground. This Exactly. He could have just went to a fucking, just someone and talked to somebody at a church. Yes. That's literally all he had to do for that. Because I agree. <laughs> and, it, and it does give him a little bit of backstory, and that's cool, too. But you did start a whole, like, um, process that you have to cover enough to where it's not bad, but you are wasting time as well, and you have to make that all make sense when it could have just been, you know, one of the kids could have had a fucking cross on, and he could have thought about it as he was talking to him, like, maybe I should go to church, to, the, to a church, and ask them. Well, let's... Yeah, less backstory the better. That's the reason why Michael Myers worked so well in the first one. Yeah. It just goes crazy, you know. And and Jason's just out for pure revenge. We don't need to know about Elias, you know, or you know, or where Jason goes to hell goes, which is in fucking sane. Like you don't like. Could you imagine? I mean, just the story that this movie tells of a woman. Being trapped in a room with a hundred crazy guys. Like, could you imagine the smell of this room? <laughs> the uh, first it's off, pretty terrible. It, yeah. A little bit, a little the, bit. The Amanda yeah. Kruger stuff doesn't bother me. Um, I I think it's it was fine. Like in this movie, in small doses. Um, I thought Amanda Kruger was kind of creepy. Hmm. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's funny because like I found her creepy whenever I was younger because like she was an old lady and stuff. Now you just find her attractive, huh? Now, I mean, she's a total smoke show. That that <laughs> scene gets paused for about 20 minutes for some meat time. No, but it does. It is funny because like now it's like, damn, you kind of feel for her a little more, you know, and it's just like I don't find her as creepy as much now. And, and it's so funny because... When you say you find her creepy, of course, it's Amanda Kruger, this actress. I mean, she's like all jawbone and this predominant cheek. I mean, there's her her facial features are just so like predominant. Mm -hmm. But also this movie, like I I have this, you know, I bought like this on iTunes. I've had it Blu-ray, DVD, never a VHS, but and I watch it on iTunes, and it still kind of has this VHS quality, but there is still, I don't know if y'all noticed this, and Daniel, it's been like two months since you watched it. I don't know if you can remember it. Um, this movie has this 50s sheen to it. Like, the colors are muted. Like, even part one you watch, and it's like, oh, you know, this looks like a movie from 1984. Like, however they shot this movie, it's so muted. And it's kind of striking how they did it. Because it just, I don't know. Like, we'll, you know, we'll skip to the one year later in 1988, Dream Master. It's kind of loud. It's a yeah. loud movie. The colors... Even, yeah, it's like they're back in the 80s. I get what you mean. Yeah, but this one doesn't. Outside of like some shoulder pads and some <laughs> hair. Yeah. Like it is so flat, so dull. And I don't even know if like. Because I, I don't think Dream Warriors is. It, I know it's not 4K 
on iTunes. But even if you pop it up to 4K, this movie's still going to give you like the same feel to it. Like they put almost like a a brown gauze over this film. Yeah, I think that too, uh, a lot of that's probably going to be just the fact that they're stuck in that fucking hospital for so much of it. Even outside shots, though, with the Amanda Kruger. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at. Because, see, for the most part of the movie, like the majority of the movie is all inside a hospital. So it's all bland and everything anyway. So then, whenever you go to an outside situation, it's either nighttime or that specific scene that you're talking about, whenever. It's daytime and he sees her and then he starts following her around and then she's nowhere to be found. And it is, I do understand what you're meaning because uh, that it, I did notice where it was uh, real dull. You know, mm-hmm. especially like you said, if you were to watch fucking Fr- uh, Nightmare 1 and then Nightmare 4, you know, those are movies about kids in the 80s. But this is just like, I guess it's. I don't know if they wanted that tone because of, you know, the depression aspect of it. You know, how depressing a hospital can be and a psych ward and these things. I don't know. But it is it is weird because it's like, hold on, just because these kids are going through this doesn't mean that the outside world has dialed it back a notch. You know? it, it, it feels like you're watching it from another decade. Yeah, people are still wearing it, pink lightning bolt sunshades out there. Yeah, Dawkins. I'm, I'm glad you understood <laughs> what I was referencing. Dawkins. But I will say this though, um, this is the best Langan Count performance to me as Nancy. Like of the three films that she comes in at, um, we'll get to New Nightmare. Um, Eventually, she's good in this. I can't say that for the original or for New Nightmare. Here, she's good. I mean, yeah, the New Nightmare thing really doesn't really take a uh, play play in here though, because if you think about it, New Nightmare, she's not Nancy; she's fucking Heather Langenkamp. No, I'm talking about as a performance. I'm talking about as a performance. She had to play Nancy oh. one last time. Yeah, of course, I understood that. And I, I'm guessing that, you know, that's whenever I think, I guess y'all don't have any love for New Nightmare. But uh, but I did like New Nightmare. I, I did enjoy that one. Um, and that's probably, that's a conversation for that one or whatever. But, uh, but it's funny because I don't know if I would agree. Like, obviously, she did have more um, in this one than in the first one. You know, where... I don't know. In the first one, she was so scared, you know, in the beginning. And then she had to find her strength and then find her, you know, whatever. And then she did become the bad bitch, final girl, change things up and or, or fix things. But in this, she had that confidence with her from the get-go. So, yeah, I think that this one, she's, you know, it would be better than that first one. But I feel like in that second one, not the second one, in the next one uh, that she's in, that she had to bring so much more to it because then now she also has a kid, you know, the emotions of having your kid and protecting your kid and knowing this shit and being confused because what the fuck is happening because, you know, we've brought this motherfucker, you know, made him real by telling all these stories. Yeah. She's asked to do a lot in New Nightmare. Yeah. She has to play a bunch of different roles, kind of. 
That's yeah. the only reason I was not. That's the only reason I was uh, not totally in agreement. You're allowed to disagree with Josh. It's okay. Not apparently not because that motherfucker just wrote something down. I, he's I taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Daniel off of Will. <laughs> kill. I got a kill list, and I just <laughs> just move me to the top. <laughs> no, it's a pretty long list, but yeah, top fifty. No, okay. Then we're introduced to Philip. Anybody know what Philip's wait, from? Wait, wait, wait. Let me do a Josh. Let's uh, back up real quick. We uh, skipped over something. Um, we're introduced to Joey and his tear. No, we're introduced to Philip first. Whatever. I still stand by what I said. Okay, because I, I have a Joey note. Joey's done hard time. <laughs> I just got Joey got that tear. Yeah, Joey's done hard time. You get a teardrop on your eye. You've, you've served time in prison, brother, and you've killed somebody. Philip. Philip, talk about say something about Philip. I'll say something about Philip too. Does anybody know what movie he's from? One year earlier. Fuck. I'm trying to mute my sniffling. We fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm sorry, guys. I've yeah, I've, I've been kind of congested the past couple of days, and the, it, it, it alternates between being congested and having a runny nose. That sucks. Yeah, that shit's it going does. around. That shit is that's going around. Uh, hell, Richard's kid has strep throat. Uh, Lizzie's kid last week had strep throat. Now Courtney had the flu a few weeks back. You know how it is in Mississippi. The change is so drastic that you go from fucking 90 degrees to 30. Everybody gets sick at once. So yeah. Shit's going around, man. You know how it is. What movie is he from, Josh? Because obviously we don't know. We just talked about sniffling. No, he's um, he's in two movies. I just remembered. He's in Stand By Me. He's one of Eyeball's gang members. And he's also a gang member in um, Last Crusade. So, Philip, this actor, had a pretty good 80s run. Philip, let me see what I have wrote down about Philip. Philip, knock off Corey Feldman. Because yep. he sounds like he's trying to sound like Corey Feldman in this movie. He does. He does. Hard. He's, he's yeah. even got a Corey Feldman haircut. A little That's bit. What I was thinking whenever you first said it. I was um, a haircut. Two and two together on that. I would do a Corey Feldman voice, but I can't. Like, is it because of the sniffles? No, I just couldn't. I can't do one. You do one. Well, I could do... Any impression, I could say that, and then follow it up with "but I can't." No, I'm when I say I can't, I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I can't. I've never practiced one. I'm sure it would sound like shit. No, I I could say that literally about every person ever. Unlike my, uh, you know, unintentional Kermit impression I do sometimes. Apparently, look, I'm not going to do it for the pod, but I read. To my daughter, the monster at the end of the book, at the end of this book, with Grover from Sesame Street. Not bad. My Grover's not bad. Not bad. And now you're just gonna fucking leave it hanging. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you with your dicks hard. Yep. Yep. Okay, so. Oh, 
Go ahead, Bone. Sorry. I was just going to say kind of like Snake Freddy. Hey, little shout out too, because I've got that note. This was before Beetlejuice as well. So, yeah. Dream Warriors. Very true. Yeah. When you originally watched it, did you <clears throat> ever think about a dick? It's funny because I do remember in that making of, they did talk about like how when they first did it, they are like, oh shit, this looks like a dick. And they had to rush to sort of change the color of it. I never... It green and slimy. And to be honest yeah. with you, it still that looks, looks like, a, like a dick. That looks it like does. a dick. When it you pull that like out... That looks so brown. cool, though. Oh, that No, cool. that is definitely... It's real, that's, it's real thick and shiny and veiny. I mean, yeah. And you got the helmet head? That's a good one. Yeah, that's a... You don't know nothing about that, Bone. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> you don't, though. You don't get to comment on circumcised penises. Oh. Let's just put my business out there. Damn. Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows, Bone. Go ahead and start fucking writing your apology a letter to everyone. Cause you're about to get fucking canceled, bud. Yeah, you know we've uh, put this out here. We've been recording for almost 90 minutes. We're like a minute away from 90 minutes. Yep. And we haven't got to the first kill yet. We haven't even introduced Kincaid. I and I blame Josh. <laughs> Obviously, I have been a motor mouth. No, even we if you weren't talking, even if some interesting things, even if you didn't have shit to say, I'd still blame you. No, that's okay. fair too. Because fuck you. Well, my beautiful circumcised penis. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we meet Kincaid <laughs> at some fucking point. Somebody might have got introduced before him, but Kincaid is uh, a very memorable character. And what's fucking hilarious? I think I told Josh about this a couple months ago, but uh, I was. Watching something, and uh, this guy was on a podcast, uh, the, the actor that plays Kincaid, and he was talking about what he did whenever he um, went in for the interview. and Or not the interview, but the uh, audition. But he went in, and in order to get to the audition, it was like this nightmare of a fucking day where he was having to rush to get there. It was fucking raining, and then he was uh, having to run the rest of the way or some crazy-ass story, right? Where he was fucking soaking wet and just fucking livid. But he finally made it. Well, when he got in, they had been auditioning all day. So whenever, and he learned his lines and he was ready to give it his best shot. And whenever he went into that fucking room, they were like pretty much done. You know, and they were like, man, look, don't worry about running lines. Just do whatever. And that fucking pissed him off. And he starts going off. On the people, on the uh, the casting, Chuck Russell. I think it was actually Chuck Russell. No, yeah. fuck you, fuck this, motherfuck that, blah blah blah. Goes off, and that fucking got him the role. They, whenever they left out, they, they were like, "That's Kincaid," and yeah. being mad and giving them his the business, being like, "Fuck you," got him the fucking role of Kincaid. And I think that might be why he's so goddamn over the top. 
Because he's like, well, that's exactly what they want. I'm just going to fucking go off every scene. And you can tell because some of it is overdone, you know? And some is being generous. <laughs> have you ever heard that story, Bone? Or did I just no, I have not. You blew my mind. Are you fact-checking me right now? No, I'm not fact-checking you. I would never fact-check you, Daniel. He's like, he's like now, Josh, actually, that's how Nancy got her role. <laughs> Daniel, I believe everything you tell me. I like that piece of shit, Josh. I do want to circle back to the snake. Of course you do. And and she pulls uh, Nancy in, and that's where we first learn that she has that power. But I do love that scene, though, because the snake starts eating Patricia Arquette, and Nancy comes in, stabs him in the eye. And, it, and it's just this, uh, to me, it's just really well made to where, like, she stabs Freddie in the eye, and he looks up, and Freddie has no idea that Nan- Nancy's alive. Yeah. And he, he looks at her, and he goes, you. Yes. And then she realizes it is Freddie, because she's not sure. And then she she says, oh, my God, run. And I'm like, that's yeah. so good. That's so good how they first meet. Yes. Yeah. Because see, now Nancy, instead of being like, oh, you're having trouble with dreams, and then she, even if she's like, hey, I'm having trouble with this figure. without She hasn't brought up Freddie yet. Yeah, she hasn't at all. But I was saying that even if she had, you know, without describing him completely, Nancy would probably be like, yeah, we all have nightmares. You know, whatever your nightmare is, is going to be different from everyone else's. So I'm understanding of this. This is my specialty. I'm fucking the best there is at it. I'm a fucking phenom. But anyway, but the fucking fact that whenever she sees what is attacking this girl is fucking Freddy Krueger and the look on her face, you are right. That is a fucking great scene. I love that shit. I do, before we get zero tweets about it. I will say that she should have kind of known it was Freddy when her and Kristen's first introduction was finishing off the nursery rhyme. Yeah, But still, she never mentioned it. She never mentioned it, but... You think you would. Like, how do you know that? But another question about their introduction. Do you think that Nancy was a little, uh, just a little bit happy that she had such an influence on Freddy Krueger that, like, now he's like, you know what, I like the script? No, yeah. (laughs) It's like, I really like your house. So from now on, when I torture people, I'm going to bring them back to this place. So it's like, man, he can't get over me. The one that got away. You know what? I like this layout. I like when I open the front door, there's the stairs right there. Yeah. yeah. Right there. Well, uh, I mean, that is a perfect scenario for if you ever like want to go sledding and get a head start. We've seen oh, that in a couple movies, and I've always wanted to try that. Hey, speaking <laughs> of Home Alone. And you fucking go on out of there. Speaking of Home Alone, man. When the furnace opens up in that movie, because I just watched it with my daughter a couple of weeks yeah. ago, it's like, you all kind of got this from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You know, a little bit. A little bit. Admit it. All right, now okay. full-blown on Home Alone, okay? So what pisses me off so much when I'm watching that movie, because it is on all the time during the Christmas season, and it is a classic, you know, shit. I think I was like five years old when that shit came out. <laughs> Like, I think, I don't know. Bone's looking it up now to tell me that it, I, was, I wasn't even fucking... Well, came out or some shit, but, you're still but, a baby. 
now. Yeah. So you were even a younger baby then. Exactly right. But anyway, man, like the audacity of that family to be such fucking assholes on this fucking trip that is being paid for by their family member to Paris. Like, because they're all complaining the whole time. Their fucking child got left behind. And they're like, okay, but when are we going to be able to go? Like, this is bullshit. And until he, like, pays for this big badass hotel for them to all stay in, they bitch the whole time. And then they're like, all right, this is I. Right. It, man, holy shit. Every Look. time I see that, especially as I get older, I'm just like, fuck that dude's family or her family. I don't even know whose family it is. Look, I'll, because I just watched part one and two with Isla. I will stand by Home Alone 1. I get your complaints about it. It's still like enjoyable. Part two is not good, though. Part two is bad. It's it's a shit movie. It's a shit movie. But okay, boom. Are you talking about you're talking about Home Alone still? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, you've done checked out. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Hold on, hold on. I'll say this about Home Alone. You know, you're watching Home Alone for like the last fucking twenty minutes of that movie. Who cares what happens before then? Just get to the hijinks. Shot in the nuts. I like it. I like it throughout. I'll admit, I do. That first one, yeah. It's all like a warm, cozy feeling for me. I mean, I watched that movie on repeat in my youth. Hmm. I saw that in the theater. I did too. Crazy. It's uh, very surprising. I know that he was a child star and he had his issues and all of that, you know, like, uh, or fucking Hollywood did whatever Hollywood does to child actors, whatever the case may be, you know. Michael Jackson uh, does whatever he does. I mean, you know, whatever, right? But, um, fucking. It is strange. Macaulay Culkin. Right? Yeah. No, no, no. I was, you, 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 hit, you, you derailed me with the Michael Jackson. Because it is strange, because, like, Corey Feldman, right? Everyone knows that he, like, went through it, right? And he, like, still loves Michael Jackson to this day. You know? Like, so, most people don't... Oh, I mean, you know, some people do, I guess, whatever. Well, he didn't, Let me not talk about things I don't understand. Let's continue. He didn't say that. It's like, this guy abused the shit out of me. till 40 years later, it's like, he never I thought, did anything. Well, I was that gonna say was Corey, the narrative, but he's crazy. Corey Feldman didn't say anything about Michael though ever did. He just said that Hollywood was predatory. Well, no, no. he did say that he was uh they would like fucking everybody kept asking him, you know, about the whole Michael Jackson thing and he was, you know, always defending him, you know. It is it is crazy. Cuz I never watched Finding Neverland. I haven't seen it. It is crazy how Michael Jackson took a liking to Feldman, right? Yeah. I know Feldman wanted to be him. Yeah. Still does probably in some ways. Cause he's yeah. Like whenever I've seen a recent concert where they're doing his thing. Cause he, he does the cry little sister song and he fucking does it. He, he fucking puts everything he's got into it. You ought to look it up. He doesn't do it that bad of a job, but I think that that's like just what he has left to hold on to nowadays. I don't know what it is, but he has given it everything. But yeah. uh, but he's still got that glove, rocking the glove, rocking the fucking you know the hair, like he's still got a little bit of that Michael Jackson um, style to him. 
There's a clip going around, and I'm going to say this, and then we can move on, of Corey Feldman in concert. I've seen a couple of him just being Corey Feldman, and he's got his backing band or whatever, and he's sort of got his head turned saying something to him, and he's trying to be cool, and I guess that's what makes it even more cringe. And when he turns around to sing, his entire like teeth hit the mic. Oh, no, no, no. But like, like this is the mic. He's saying something. And when he turns around, like his, his, his mouth completely just like fucking just crashes into the mic. And then people laugh because they're recording it on a camera. And then he has to play it off. And it's just, it's so bad. See, so I thought. you never seen him do Cry Little Sister? No. It's no, I'm going to check it out though. About to do that song, or <laughs> and he might play the song five fucking times in this little set. I don't know, but just watch it because I mean, hey, it's not half bad, and he's giving. It I thought everything. I thought Josh was uh, about to say that his teeth flew out of his mouth. That's what like I was like. Yeah, dentures. I know that he was like, I, well, I know that he was uh, an addict and shit, and that shit fucks your whole shit up. No, but well, you have to. to get, you know, yeah, you'd have to see it because it looks like his teeth hit the mic. His mouth hit the mic. Because he, he was trying to, like, go in and sing. I guess and, they moved a little closer to him while he was looking away. <laughs> it's It makes me feel bad for him, and I don't need to feel bad for him. When a microphone sidles you, you got issues. <laughs> yeah, Bolt was definitely not paying attention because that was our Seinfeld reference. <laughs> I'm paying attention. But anyway, y'all keep it going. Bring it back. So here's the situation. We knew going. what we They're knew what the hand signal introduced. meant. The hand signals don't work anymore because we're we're video now. Now you just walk away and we'll keep yeah. going. Josh just wanted to like put a part in there. You think I'm going to edit this, but I'm not. Like, so it's just going to be keep going. I'm going to go jerk off for ten seconds. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell the listeners what I'm doing. <laughs> but anyway. We're introduced to all the characters and shit, and it's funny because now we're already at the Worm, Worm Freddy. But it is funny watching that documentary. It did look straight up like a dick, and then whenever they painted it up and made it slimy, the color isn't looking like a dick anymore because there's not any green dicks out there, green and red. But, um, you know, but the shit still looked good. Like I said, whenever they, she stabbed him in the eye and everything, like, yeah. it, it still looks good, I think. Let's... Talk about Philip some more. Oh, here comes Josh. He'll probably want to say something. God. Oh, my God. I hate him so much. Hey, Josh. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> so, Philip, let's talk about Philip's death, though, because we have we are way into this podcast and haven't. Oh, my fucking God, Josh. What is it now? No, I was saying, let's keep it moving. Let's please keep it moving. Oh, I was trying to, and you waved your hand. I agree. We're, we need to oh, keep, keep it rolling on. You know what? Since what were you saying, Bo? Since everybody's going on tangents, I just want to put this out here. There's this new Hawaiian place that's opened up in Tyler. Apparently, it's really good. After I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to buy some. Yeah, it's probably a Poke Bowl place. Love Poke Bowls. Anyways, back to Philip. We're talking about Philip. So I think Philip's 
death is the first death. It's the first death in the movie, but it's the first death I think we get from Freddy where it pertains to something the character's into. So like you see Philip and he's he's made puppets, right? Yeah. You know, he makes a little comedies like they should be carved out of wood, but they won't let me have a knife because I might cut my wrist. But anyways, Philip makes oh, yeah, puppets. Yeah, yeah. Philip's into puppets. Freddy, when he gets ready to kill Philip, and for me, hands down, best death in the movie. Uh, one of the best deaths in the franchise. Maybe the best death in the franchise. I don't know. I have to go back and watch them all again. But Freddy attacks Philip in his bed while Philip's asleep. You know, he tells him to be quiet, and all of a sudden, Philip can't make any noise, like he's fucking Joey. And Freddy cuts his arm, his other arm, his leg, his other leg, and he takes the fucking veins and uses them as strings. Yeah, that was really like a real, like, brutal, brutal and, death. And that, those special effects look so good. Like, when you see the close-up of the uh, veins coming out, like the arms and legs and shit, it just looks gnarly. And it, you're yeah. just like, wow. Yep. <clears throat> and I'm not trying to be... Oh, God. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've got that one. Love it. Guy. Love it. Go ahead and just disagree with me about something. Who, me? Yeah. No, I was going to say, I'm not even trying to be like uh, speaking hyperbole here. Uh, oh. I think this might be my favorite death in horror movies. Philip's death. Like, hands down. I love it that much. It's a bold statement. You're a uh, aren't you? <laughs> Jesus. I say something, you got to say something more. I'm trying to compliment your compliment. Like, I, that's how much, if you think if you think he loves it, wait till you see how much I love it. Right. <laughs> no, and then, and then Kincaid, does anybody, do you have that wrote down, Bone? In Kincaid fashion, he's like, have a nice stroll, asshole. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's like, hey, wake your ass up. He's like, ah, whatever. Kincaid's not a very good friend. Kincaid no. knows that there's people trying to kill him in their dreams, and Kincaid's like, yeah. hmm, something fishy's happened. He's walking with his hands and his arms in his really fucking contorted way. Yeah, whatever. I'm going back to sleep. With this fucking just fear all over his fucking face. Yeah. The night nurse. How does she not see him? Because yeah. the, the, they cut to the night nurse and she's just like taking she's notes. Too busy trying to fuck Joey. <laughs> no, this is another night nurse who, who doesn't have a speaking role. But yeah, there's she was this hospital. Fuck Joey. Oh, yeah, yeah, this hospital is pretty down to clown. Yeah, this hospital is like four well, years away from being completely shut down. I don't have it in my <laughs> notes, but I, I was thinking it when I watched it because they they want to say that. Philip off himself, right? Yeah. But this man goes into like a restricted part of the hospital that's fucking locked up. Yes. Exactly. Well, we'll get to the other death that makes no logical sense that they don't investigate. Yeah, we're probably thinking about the same one because I said I was going to talk about it later. Yeah. They did call and they're like, yeah, Joey used to be a debater in school. Yeah. I'm and I'm like, yeah. Now he's a chronic masturbator. This dude's just, he's using all his energy to jack off. Like he's just, 
That's why he can't talk. He's always exhausted. <laughs> That's yeah. it. He's so dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fucking worn out. Sand in his mouth. Just get all the cum coming out. I don't I don't know why I said that. Like I didn't have to say I, yeah. You said it too close to each other. Uh, out of his orifices. Yeah. So Philip takes a dive. Yeah, he's dead. I thought Josh might have had something else. No, I, I, I've got a lot of notes here. Sorry. It's, 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 I paused so you can speak. I'm sorry, Daniel. My bad. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it is really crazy because all of them are looking up to him and they're screaming to him to try to wake him up. and all. They all know what the fuck is happening. They know that he's not about to fucking kill himself because they know that he is just as suicidal as they are because they're not fucking suicidal. They're just, you know. Whatever the case may be. I mean, unless they were all suicidal and then Freddy's like, hey, man, I'm going to go after some easy targets. I'm going to give these kids what they want. But that ain't the case. We all find that out. So why are they still freaking out, yelling to them to fucking stop? And to get him to wake up. I mean, yeah, but but they're all acting like it's like, don't do it. Don't. They know he's not going to fucking do it. Uh, they, they do. They do act like it. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then afterwards, they're like, he didn't kill himself. We all were fucking acting like it. Well, the problem is these kids aren't communicating with each other. No, they're not. Because then they would be like, hey, this guy with a burnt face is chasing me. But apparently they don't even talk about that. Well, that's because you know how it was for 80s parents. Whenever your child come and said, hey, this guy with fucking burnt face is trying to kill me in my dreams. They're just like, no, you just need to go to sleep. You need to just rest. So they don't listen. So why the fuck would your friends listen? Which is the same thing that this one fucking uh, the head doctor or whatever. She keeps yeah. she's like, yeah, what they need is some good uninter- uninterrupted REM sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that's her answer for everything. These kids are telling you that like shit's bother- bothering them in their dreams. And she's like, well, you know what you should do? Sleep more. That'll cure you. And in another movie, because this character is obviously she's not our antagonist, but she's an, she's antagonistic towards our victims. She would die just like this orderly who is trying to get the hookup with uh, Taryn. I got that in my notes. Yeah. Clean pharmaceutical high. Yeah. Yeah. There are some predators in this fucking place. There is. In any other movie, he would die. But in this one, he I'm assuming he lives like he lives a good life afterwards. He and lives a clean pharmaceutical high life. Yeah. yeah. He lives. Probably a good guy now. Probably. That that it changed him. Fucking West yeah. Hills changed him. It really did. It is really wild too, because going to the next thing with that with Joey, right? Like, it's funny because it's like, okay, he didn't try to kill himself. What the fuck are y'all talking about? Y'all keep talking about this. You're not listening to us. And then it's like, okay. And then so now Nancy's going to side with the kids and, like, try to see it from their way. And it's like, well, why don't we try this? Dude, she, fucking she convinces uh, Neil so quickly. So quickly. Because at first he's like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that here. And then it's like, oh, please. And it's like, Okay. We're going to do that here. Like, I swear to God, it seems like she convinces him and changes his mind so quick. And then he's like, all right, cool. And now, because we were talking about it before, he is on board with hitting the seal. 
He's on board. He is doing whatever. Fuck these kids' futures. He's just trying to get with Nancy. No, yes. He's single. She's got titties. Yeah. It is funny because it's like these kids don't want to sleep because they're going to die. Nancy has confirmed this. And now it's like, all right, well, let's look. Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to go to sleep. Don't worry. We're just going to go under some hypnosis real quick. Trust me. Let me do a job. They're all fucking clocked out now. Joey's fucked. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We skipped something. Let's go back for a minute. Do I sound like Josh might do this? Because I'm trying. Are you, about to, are you about to talk about a fucking lamp that was in the background? I'm about to talk about a lamp that's in the background. That's my Josh voice, real deep. So let's talk about... Props to that prop manager. That one girl. I can't even remember her name. But uh, the one girl that had her cigarette privileges revoked... She's in the fucking common room or whatever you want to call it, watching TV. Larry Fishburne comes in there and he's like, yo, you got to go to bed. And she's like, no, I can't. Not after what happened to Philip. I, I just can't. Not- oh, damn. I completely skipped her. That's right. Yeah. and it, Which gave me the opportunity to be Josh for a change. And it feels great. It feels <laughs> fucking amazing. If you've never pretended to be Josh, I recommend that you go out and do it right now. Anyways. So she's watching fucking TV and, you know, she's like, no, I got, I can't go to sleep. And he's like, all right, but I didn't see you. And so she sits down and she's watching fucking TV and she's smoking a fucking cigarette that's in the ashtray. I've been there, <laughs> Daniel. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and then, hell, if there's still some meat on that bitch, get, get your nicotine high, grade. <laughs> and it's the worst cigarette you've had that oh, day. Okay. Well, the- the first couple puffs are pretty terrible. Well, let me tell you, you get used to it. Let me tell you, as a non-smoker, it's also the smelliest. Like relighting a cigarette that's been put out fucking stinks. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So she burns herself, you know, so she can wake up. And then this ha- at the time, you know, people might not know who she is now, but at the time had to be a pretty big get. We get our first like fucking celebrity cameo in a Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street movie. We get Jaja Gabor and Dick Cavett. Don't forget about Dick Cavett. And I remember Jaja. Yeah. I used to watch uh, Green Acres. See, I don't, I don't know Jaja. Do who is Jaja? She was I just know Acres. the name. She was on was she? Yeah, she was the wife. I'm I'm learning something legit. I did not know that. So yeah, and you know, she has a and God, I wish I could remember her fucking name. But anyway, she has a dream of you know going to Hollywood or going to L.A. and being an actress. And then, you know, she goes up, the TV starts fucking up on her. So she goes and she's trying to turn the TV off and on, flip the channel, whatever. And it's not working. And then fucking arms come out of the TV and grab her. Freddy's head pops up out of the TV. He's got fucking antennas on his head. You know, it's just a really cool scene. And he's like, this is your big break. Welcome to primetime, bitch. Which, clever quip, not overly corny. Um, but it did lead to a bunch of corny shit. But it, no, 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 you, you don't get to speak yet. Man, this is this is my thought, Josh. Because I know you. Because you, if I let you speak now, you're going to say my thought, and then I won't get to say my thought, and it just becomes a whole big thing. He he's got her in his arms. You know, he tells her, "Welcome to prime time, bitch," and then he throws her head through the fucking TV. Now, there's no way. And I'm sure this is where you were going, Josh. <clears throat> There's no way that a person could kill themselves like that because she doesn't yeah, have anything that she could have. Yeah, and she's fucking hanging by her head in this TV, and she has nothing below her that would have been like, "Hey, I jumped up here." Philip's death, you could have been like, "Yeah, that's suicide." 
because it could look like he jumped. I don't know how he got into the restricted area, but this other girl's death. How the fuck did she do that? How did that? There's no way that's suicide. I feel like no. there's a dumb and dumber moment afterwards whenever the nurses and shit and doctors are talking to each other. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? We've got kids who won't sleep. They're burning themselves with cigarettes. Their fucking heads are getting stuck in TVs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, like, and, and it's like you said, Bone, like he has that one quip that is good. He has two quips, though. Like, this is your big break. Like, that would have sufficed. And then welcome to primetime, bitch. Just one up me again. I'm not, Jesus. I'm not trying to one up you. I'm just saying there's two quips in this. Fucking with you. And this is where he begins the infamous bitch, because he even continues it on sexy boy Joey's chest. Yeah. But this movie, all they had to do was when Max came into the room to see her, Jennifer. I think her name. I don't know. That might have been it. Yeah. Just put like a step stool underneath the TV. You know, because she couldn't reach the TV anyway when she went up there. You know? Yeah. Just put it right underneath it to where like, in theory, she could have jumped up and smashed her head through it. She's like fucking Michael Jordan, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Her feet are dangling. You remember the old uh, Coke commercials where Michael Jordan would slam dunk the Cokes up to the treehouse? I do not. Yeah, some kids would be in the treehouse, and then, and I don't know. They were like, "Oh, we're some little piece of shit, you know, eight year olds." Man, a coke would really go good right now. And here comes fucking Jordan, just <laughs> jumping up there, Duck. fucking Duck. glass Duck. shards in their eye. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the piece of shit eight year olds. Like, good God, bonus had some fucking tough run ins with eight year olds. Yeah, they killed me when I was playing Halo Three one time. Yeah. And then told me how they was going to fuck my mom. And I'm like, you little motherfuckers are supposed to be in school. It's 1030 in the morning. And then they grew up and you still play with them. Like, yeah, just that, that was Cam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And th- okay. And now we're at the group therapy session. Now we have two characters who are dead. And this movie doesn't have a high body count. Again, like, because it's so... Well paced and such a, a a tight script, like you don't need that many deaths. And I and I wrote in my notes, we were forty five minutes into this movie during the group therapy scene. Yeah. And Freddie has been on screen for maybe one minute. Less is more. Yeah. It's effective. This movie's fucking effective. Less is more. Yes. Yes. And then they do the hypnotizing. I don't know about y'all. And I'll admit it on this podcast. I'm, I've been in a perpetual state of depression and anxiety. You know, Probably I- before Michael, but definitely after Michael. So a perpetual state of tiredness. And they do this scene twice. This Hypnotizing scene with the uh, oh yeah, what do you call that bone? A pendulum. A pendulum with the light. I find myself getting tired every time. I'm like, yeah, I could go to sleep to this. Yeah, I'm almost there, buddy. 
<laughs> it's four o'clock in the morning. Like. Josh wakes up and tries to do some flips in his living room. It really works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's so cheesy. That is so cheesy. It's like her power was already given to her. She could pull people into her dreams. But now she's Mary Lou Retton. Yeah. You know, like. Let me read my note to you. Kristen can do fucking flips. <laughs> like every everybody got some cool power and Kristen can do some fucking flips. Well, I say everybody got cool power because the junkie didn't. She just got some switchblades. Yeah. yeah, but she's in leather with the switchblades. That's, yeah. that's kind of hot. It's but, crazy uh, as hell because like Taren, me, what my Taren? thought is yeah. Taryn. But my thought with this whole scenario is, what fucking hypnotizer hypnotizes himself? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, he's literally just—you know how they do. Yeah, like, yeah. You now, as you're watching this, you're starting to get sleepy. Your eyes are getting heavy, and you're going to allow yourself to rest. You know, and then it's all of a sudden this motherfucker's passed out too. Yeah, I thought about that when I was watching it. So nobody ever wakes up from the uh, hypnotism, right? Because there's nobody there to like be like, when I count backwards from three, you'll be awake. Hell no, it's just, it, uh, what's her name? Fucking gun. What the hell is going on here? In the original, in the original Craven script, he does this to them and they just disappear. Like, um, Kristen's able to bring them all in and they just disappear. And the nurse comes in and is like, where's the people? And he's like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got my doctrine, but I can't keep up with kids. You know, I don't know. This is the first time the hypnosis has worked for me. This was not on the tape. I guess I didn't flip sides. Let's, uh, I'm David Blaine? Yeah. Let's go back. I, I just want to reemphasize this. Kristen can do fucking flips. Mm-hmm. All the things in the fucking world you could have had, like powers you could have had, and you're like, wouldn't it be great if I could do a flip? But what's even funny about that scene is that the kid in the wheelchair, the guy who's into Dungeons and Dragons, but we can't afford Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. He stands up from his wheelchair. He's like, I can walk zero steps. Stand yeah. still. Like, he just stands up. Like, he, yeah. I mean, you could peacock there for a little bit, buddy. <laughs> you know? In my dreams, my legs are strong. <laughs> can you show us? No. I'm tired. Reacted. To old fucking Kristen doing a couple of fucking flips. I know. Fuck you, Kristen. You could learn to do that in real life. You really? You got a real power, bitch. Kincaid just fucking starts destroying government property. Yeah. I can oh, bend some it. metal, guys. Yeah. And at this, and, and when we're, we're getting all the powers, Joey has fucking slipped out because he saw the nurse. His power is that big ass dick. <laughs> so he's about to go use it. <laughs> She's like, Joey, you know, I always thought you were cute. Check out my big, huge fake tits. 
And look, I mean, as a if I can only imagine sitting in the theater as a fifteen year old being like, Yeah, I've had that fantasy. Like just some girl being like, I've always fantasized about I mean, because it's never happened ever in the history of man. Yeah. Just some girl being like, you know what? I've always thought about you. No. Well, that doesn't that's happen. The, that's not part of the rule book of their game. No, exactly. And it's just like, especially if you can't talk. Oh, like, you yeah. literally have no game. You're on the negative plane. Yeah. You know? And I, I do have this, like, because – she obviously they start kissing their tongues become one and then like she spits tongues at him and i have this written down in my notes because freddie comes up obviously and he's like feeling tongue-tied is actually worse than prime time yeah but it's kind of good too at the same time (laughs) because he spits Yes. Tongue. He gets tongue tongue tied. Yes, it's kind of good and bad at the same time. Yeah, whenever you were saying uh, the shit bone earlier about um, the TV and everything, like that is that moment. Yep, that's it. That's the moment that it's all downhill. Like that's how you know, that's when you know what's about to be coming. And and, And it works and it's good throughout the rest of this one. But then it just and like we've we talked about it before, so it's not a surprise that I enjoy four more than you guys do. But it gets bad, and then five is just a complete drop off, and then it's just, it just gets worse and worse. I, well, past four, you're beating a dead horse. Yeah, you know, because I'll give four a little bit of leeway. Yeah, yeah. Does Joey keep the scars on his stomach? Come and get him, bitch. I mean, you would think that's straight razor blade cuts. That's I think that that's... They look pretty deep. I think he's still got that. Oh, yeah. It looks pretty gross. How do you not address that in part four? See Joey's dead body and it's just fucking, like, scars? No, well, they're... The beach. Jason's chill. I'm not Jason. Joey's running. <laughs> he turns around. He's still got come and get him, bitch. On his chest and scars. Well, I I remember Dream Master. They actually have a talk about Freddy at the locker. Kincaid, Kristen, and Joey. Like, how does Joey just not lift up his shirt and be like, I still have the scars to prove that, you know, just something. Because that shit is deep, like you said, Bone, and it's gross. And because we've been watching Giallo, Daniel, and you need to watch Giallo horror movies, I looked at the nipples. Ugh. Thank God they were intact. He managed to miss the nipples. Dude, God, you remind me of that. Jello loves cutting off nipples, man. Now I'm rubbing my nipple. No, I'm holding. They cut a nipple in half in the New York Ripper. Yeah. I'm holding my. I mean, it is, it's bad, Daniel. It's bad. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. Yeah. You got to watch New York Ripper, man. Mm mm. Okay, but okay, uh, I'll keep us moving since I'm the one slowing us down. Unless Bone, you want to take the lead on this? Um, I can read you more of my notes and just move us forward. Yep. Oh, so yeah, okay. Joey gets 
kidnapped by Freddy. And you're like, we got to go in and, you know, well, then the other fucking head doctor comes in. She's like, I'm shutting you down. You know, you two are done. Get the fuck out. You know, all these kids are about to take a long ass nap because that's going to cure them. And, you know, everybody's like, no, you're going to kill us. Ah, fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck. And I'm trying to move it along pretty quickly at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Because uh, you're. Unfortunately, we're going to lose me on this. I'm going to have to give my uh, thoughts and rankings well before it's finished. I'm about, no, we're, we're about to speed through this. Here we go. So, Nancy and uh, what's uh, Neil go to visit Nancy's father. You know, they talk to him. You know, he's like, Freddie's dead and buried, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Nancy's like, oh, what are we going to do? You know, and then Neil's like, I'm going to go back in there and talk to your dad. You go back to the kids. So Nancy goes back to the fucking hospital, goes back to Weston Hills, talks to fucking Larry Fishburne, you know, and Larry's like, you know, I wouldn't let you in here if it was me, if it was up to me, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, let me say goodbye. He's like, okay. Cause I'm just all about breaking the rules all the time. You know, you fucking did it with Jennifer. Now you're doing it with Nancy. Nancy gets the kids together Hypnotize, we're going in, we're gonna go save Kristen. Or not Kristen, we're gonna go in and save Joey. Kristen's gonna pull us into the dream. We're gonna use our sweet ass dream powers, which Nancy didn't get any, which doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, Nancy know. Yeah, Nancy didn't get a power. Well, she's old now. She's not a kid anymore. Uh I didn't know it was age restricted. Keep it moving. In the original script, she didn't have a power either. She was the one who brought him together. Oh. So she was like, uh, she was like the wise old Jedi, and she was told all this through her dad that she doesn't have any powers. Yeah, Don, uh, Donald uh, Thompson is the one who told her about the Dream Warriors and about like it's her job to bring them together. Kristen was the key component in that. Keep it moving. Okay, so we're in the dreams, and now we're getting. There's only two more, well, three more deaths. Not counting Freddy's. Four deaths if you count for no five deaths. I'm sorry, five deaths. There's five deaths left. Yeah, five. The first one. Well, I guess before we get there, let me backtrack real quick. So Neil goes back in, talks to Donald, and they're like, he's like, You're gonna go fucking help me. You know, you may not care whether Nancy lives or dies, but I do. You know, we got this relationship. And we're going to have a happy life together. And you're going to fucking help me save her and save these kids. So he has Donald take him to where Freddy, where his remains are at, which happens to be in a junkyard. So they go in there to do that. While they're doing that, we got the Dream Warriors going to save Joey. So fucking we get Taryn or Tamron. Taryn. 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 We get Taryn first. She fucking runs into Freddy. And, you know, they have their little fight. She pulls out the switchblades. Freddy cuts her with the glove. She stabs him in the ribs. And then Freddy fucking, he's like, you want to get high? And he pulls out his hands, which is a cool fucking special effect when you look at it. He's got the needles in his fingers. But then so she, she's got the, the fucking sores on her arms that are opening up and her like little <clears throat> mouths trying to feed. Yeah. And that was such a cool visual. Then he stabs her in both of her arms with his needles and fucking kills her with an overdose, I guess. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this right quick, just because I want it on record. Uh I don't know the actress's name who played Taryn. 
But I think she's my favorite performance in this entire movie. She's so goddamn good in this movie. So goddamn good. Keep it moving. Sorry, better, I just wanted to. No, she. it was. Better than Will. Will kind of annoyed me. Um, but yeah, so she dies. Well, there's one dream warrior down. Then we get Will, who's walking down his long hallway. Freddy shows up, and he, had, he rolls out the fucking wheelchair. And I can't remember what Freddy's quip was. He said something. Uh, I didn't even write it down because this is the weakest fucking scene in the movie. Even outside of the Amanda Kruger shit, this, yeah. like, that's not needed. This is weak as shit. So, I mean, he's a wizard who looks like Dracula. Yeah. Keep it moving. Yeah. Freddy, Freddy sends the chair at him. He dodges to the side of it. You know, he gets sliced by it. The chair turns around. It's coming back at him. He's like, I'm the wizard master. And he destroys the chair. And with his wizard powers, he attacks Freddy. Now, this is what I don't fucking understand. He's shooting lightning or something out of his fingers like he's the fucking emperor in Return of the Jedi. You know what the emperor didn't do when he was zapping Luke Skywalker? He didn't rush at Luke Skywalker so Luke could fucking stab him with his lightsaber. He stayed yeah. back and he just zapped him. Will, in all his infinite I mean, that's wisdom. That's the whole point of a range attack. Exactly. Will, in his infinite wisdom as the wizard master, fucking rushes Freddy. Yeah, because he can walk in his dream. He wants to show it off. He walked. His gait. He walked right to his death. Yeah, that's a good looking gait, though, as he did it. Gait. <laughs> so, and then we, well, Kincaid. Go ahead. No, I just want to say this because, like, then we're, and then we cut back to Kristen and Nancy. And they hear pounding on the wall. And it's Kincaid and his superpower. He breaks through the wall. And then, like, Kincaid is on one, man. He is, look, he is pissing fireballs and shitting lightning bolt at this mm-hmm. point. Because he's like, yo, Freddy, where are you hiding? You burnt face pussy. Kruger, pussy. Like, he's just yelling. <laughs> pussy. Freddy Kruger, you Pussy. You perfect pussy. And then uh, doesn't Freddy disappears at this point because he has to go fight. Well, he does show up and they do like some because they get down there and they see Joey tied up like in hells beneath him. And they go in there and they have this like. I can call, I, I can say it. Admittedly, it's a cheesy fight and Kristen sort of flipping over Freddy. Yeah. And then Freddie runs picks, up the wall and drop kicks him. Yeah. And then Freddie picks up, I think, Kincaid. And at this point. Yeah, he's got him by the throat. They've, and we've skipped over it, but we're rushing through this. Uh, uh, Donald and Dr. Gordon are trying to bury Freddie's bones. Yeah. Well, we and Gordon. We were transitioning to it. Yeah. And, but at, at the same time, like they go to see him and now, like, uh, it was like a lieutenant yeah, Thompson, right. and now we talked about. Okay, that. If y- well, y'all not, talked about. Yeah, we talked about how, going to the bar and how he's a security guard now. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, it, I mean, he's been demoted, Sorry. and so at this point, Freddie knows his bones are being put in the hollow ground, and he disappears to go fight them. Yeah. 
And he kills Nancy's dad. Kills John Saxon. And then he knocks out Neil. He shovels some dirt on him. He shovels a couple things of dirt on him. And then does a fucking victory dance. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, I got to get back to the other shit I got to do. But he does a victory Surely dance. this is all fine. He raises his arms and does yeah. this shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is dead. some Ray Harryhausen shit that I know people hate on now. I kind of love it oh, just I for like it. it. Yeah. yeah. No, it still looks good. Fuck that. Yeah, so he goes back, and they've saved Joey, you know, from falling or whatever. Uh, they pick him up, and then Freddy starts pulling them all through mirrors. And then Joey's superpower activates, and Joey's superpower is he can fucking speak. Yep, and it's loud. Yeah. Talk about a legend. Banshee. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's just want to make sure I got it right. Yeah, yeah you got it right. I Nailed just, it. I just want to say it's a fucking letdown that, you know, like, oh, you can talk. Big fucking deal. What also sucks because they lose their powers immediately following this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, anyway. I can only imagine that if uh, Joey, the first words out of Joey's mouth in my mind would just be boobs. Yeah. Tits or pussies and a non- aggressive way just yeah. like like sexually he's like pussy I love it because Joey's a fucking horn dog oh yeah like he's in this mess because he thought the nurse was gonna you know sleep with him well he served Todd man he wasn't around women so now he's yeah. trying to play catch up at 16 him and Dominic Mysterio they did do hard time hard time hard hard time so Joey fucking screams and you know everybody comes back out of the mirrors and they're like, Oh my god, Joey, you can talk. It's amazing. Wow, it's so great. You can talk. And we get Nancy's father, he comes down, or well, they say it's over. They're like, it's over. They think Joey killed Freddie. And they're like, Oh, it's over. And then here comes here comes Mr. Thompson. He comes down. He's like, I've crossed over to the other side. And she's, you know, he tells Nancy he loves her. And she's like, I love you too, daddy, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out, surprise, motherfuckers. It's Freddy. And he stabs her in the stomach. And here goes Nancy Thompson. The way they set that up, chef's kiss. I love it. It's like, I've crossed over, baby. And they hug. And then he turns into Freddy and he stabs her. It's, it's, it, it's so good. Such a good moment in this a scene that you wouldn't expect from 1987, yeah. Dream Warriors. And then, while that's going on, like I think uh, Nancy ends up stabbing Freddy. Neil wakes up, climbs out of the fucking ditch. You know, got Freddy's bones in there, douses him with the holy water. And, you know, do you get that scene where you see Freddy and, like, the lights coming out of him and everything, which is a cool scene. It is. You get the cross on the forehead. Oh, yeah, the cross on the forehead. I forgot about that cross on the forehead. Yeah. So, Freddy's dead. 
for now. We have a, you know, Kristen, and I will say, I'll give Patricia Arquette some uh, credit here too, because when she's holding Nancy's body, you know, she's like, she's going in on the crying. And she's like, I'll dream you like a wonderful dream or something like that. It, it's crazy how we've gone this entire episode and not mentioned Patricia Arquette yeah. as Kristen, who, you know, you watch this movie and you're like, yeah, she could be a star. And, you know, she is to this day a working actor who puts out great performances. And yeah, she's, she started here, you know. Um, I will ask you this. Okay, and then we cut to the funeral for Nancy, mm-hmm. I guess. And he sees Amanda Kruger. He follows her. He finds out that she's been dead this entire time. She yeah. was sort of like this apparition that was trying to help him. And then we cut to uh, Neil sleeping. And he kept uh, Kristen's paper mache house. And he also kept Nancy's little uh, dream guardian or whatever it was. Dream guardian, yeah, which is right in front of the house. The light comes on. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always thought that this was Freddy, but people have made it out like it was Kristen. No, Nancy. Hmm. When you watch it, who do you think it is? I always thought Freddy. I'd never really. Me too thought that it was because you know i figured it was just one of those things like you know new line cinema right the house that freddie built mm-hmm. well are you know freddie's still making money are you really gonna end it well that also and i paid attention to the music sting because i wanted to see mm-hmm. and it was like a high-pitched horror you know like like not a a gentle relaxing yeah like and even in the craven script it ends on this as well and it was implied that it was freddy paper mache or paper mache paper mache it's paper paper mache paper no it was, a, it was my seinfeld reference Oh, okay. Remember, uh, God, it was the one girl or whatever, and was it with George? And she's like, my, and uh, he said it's paper mache, and she's like, it's paper mache or some shit. I can't remember. Whatever. I don't remember that one either. Yeah. And the Seinfeld shit I do remember. I don't remember the Simpsons stuff as much as you, but Seinfeld, I got that shit on lock most of the time. Credits roll, Dream Warriors kicks in. Daniel, I know uh, you just had some family pop in, so you. Yeah, you that's why first? I popped out for a second because I got my a lot of out of town family showed up, and uh, yeah, I wanted to go say hi, and now I got to wrap up and go host. Yeah, we're but, done. Um, but What's yeah, man, thoughts? Dream Warriors is the fucking bomb. I love I love Dream Warriors, and like we've said, it's hard whenever we're doing all these in a row because the final thoughts are a lot of the similar things, just like the first, you know, tr- like first time you've ever you know, messed around or watched any, um, nightmare movies. Um, but I think it's a great installment. I think that it's fucking amazing. 
And um, unfortunately, like we brought up, it's the beginning of the end, man. Because that little bit of goodness, it was like, oh, I like how they did that. You know, made it a little more fun on top of the scary and everything like that. A little bit, lighten it up just a little bit. They start doing that a little too much. And it, whatever. But this one is a gem. You know, even the things that we poke fun at, you know, I mean, they're pretty little. You know, I mean, they're not, like I made the joke about the person, you know, um, falling asleep that's doing the, the hypnotizing. Little stuff like that, you know. As we continue, it's going to be very little things that are good or make any type of sense versus most of it not. But but I always enjoy getting to this one. Like, I, I really like Dream Warriors. And my rating on it is up there as well. My rating on Dream Warriors is a four. Four stars coming from me. Wow. I actually no, I'd say four and a half to be honest with you, because it's it's one that I could watch a million fucking times, you know? Like I do think it'd be about a four and a half. I'd, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Josh. Continue. No, 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 no. I, I know I'm I'm just trying to speed this along. I'm trying to keep it moving. Yeah. To sure. me, this is the nightmare movie. For me. This is where they get everything right about the character. You know, they take Craven's ideas and they make it better because Craven needs help in that. And we've that's been proven with the first nightmare, which is that last third act is kind of comedy. We've been proving it on this podcast with Shocker and the uh, people under the stairs. Son of a bitch. I, I'm saying like those two movies, there's uh-huh. elements of those that are really good. But Craven needs to pass them off to somebody who can polish them up. I mean, even though he taught English in college. But this has got great characters. Great characters. Uh, a scary Freddy. I think part two might be a little bit more scary. But not by much. It's a great story. It could lose the bastard son of a thousand maniacs, though. Um. The beast in this movie kills the beauty, which you didn't get at that time, you know? I mean, you had Final Girls on Friday the 13th, but they didn't come back. Nancy Thompson was an important character, and they killed her off in this movie. And and now that doesn't seem that big of a deal, but in 1987, it kind of was. I agree. I hate to uh, stop you there, but I was out for that. But I was going to say that was a bold fucking move to kill off, especially by Wes Craven, because he loves the Nancy character. He Mm -hmm. loves that. It's not just another final girl for him. Nancy is Freddy's opposite, you know, like Yang. She's not just another, you know, final girl for him. So it is very big for him to kill her off. It's. It's damn near perfect for me. I think the music could have been creepier in points. And with this movie behind us, for me, we've covered the best movie in all these franchises right now. Like, we've. It's definitely one of the top. I mean, Halloween for me, 78, TCM, 74, Friday 4, and now this. 
Um, I love this movie. It holds a special place in my heart. And I'll I'll be honest when I can separate nostalgia with my love for it. But this is one of those instances to where they that that Venn diagram bone nailed it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it it perfectly uh, coalesces, and this is a four and a half star movie for me easily. This is the best friend. This is the best Nightmare on M Street movie, which I think Freddy's the best of the four that we're covering um, in terms of a horror villain. I, it, the movies aren't the best. I think the movies are, you know, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, as a franchise. But this is the best of the Nightmare on Elm Streets for me. Hmm. Well, gentlemen, I'm gonna take my time. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just <love> Ball. <laughs> He's stroking his goatee. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. My little hairs. Um, I, I agree with Josh. It's it's uh it's my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Also, it's it's the last Freddy movie that's scary. They get cartoony after this. Um, they progressively get worse after this. You know, it, I think this is one of the rare cases. Although it's happened twice, because Josh hit on it with a you know Friday Thirteenth Part Four. It's one of those rare cases where I think the sequel's better than the original. Um, you get one-liners that are pertinent to the situation, but aren't just overly cheesy to where you're just like, oh, you know, groan, this is cringe, or whatever. Um, I give it five stars. There you just, go. Because I'm not a hater. Fucking A. Five yeah. stars is a good, good star. Yeah. If I had balls, I would give it five stars. Well, and that's the difference between me and you. You know, I live life on the edge. You're just fucking taking it easy all the time. I'm taking up space, man. Yeah. But I will say this the before we leave. The, the dude abides. This is one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, mixed with the breakfast club. I mean, and it, it it's taken a little bit from both. But you watch this movie in those lens, you can see it. I should give it five stars because I I do love it that much. But I'm, chicken I'm, shit. No, I'm gonna give it four and a half because that's what I wrote down. Um, but who knows? Like my star, my star rating fluctuates b- between half stars. I've noticed. I'll watch a movie and then I'll rate it on Letterbox. And then the next day, I'm like, well, that should be a half star lower or half star higher. Um, but hell, I even said it's damn near perfect. I think yeah. I think a better score would push it over, though. This score really comes up short for me. It does. Especially coming off part two score, which I loved. But, okay. Well, t- Daniel, tell people to hit that like button and subscribe or whatever people do with yeah, buttons. If they don't know to do it now, they're not going to do it. We could be reaching new people. But they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. We don't have to tell them. They're but, like, this was fucking amazing. I'm going to like but, and subscribe and share. But tell them, Dan. They need to hear it from your voice, man. How about they read it from T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs>
I love it. <laughs> I give that t-shirt five stars. Yeah, I give the t-shirt five stars too. But, oh, all right, be good, everyone. Thanks for listening and watching on my part. I'm going to let the other guys That's say bye, it. and I'm going to disappear. You're, you're That's it. We're out. We'll see you. Deuces.